Misfits, it's me, Maxi Rainbow. And I'm Renata from the eSpot. And welcome back to episode 14 of the Joint Slay podcast. Yeehaw! 14 <laughs> is crazy! Thanks to everyone 14. for being with us for 14 episodes. It feels so good. Yes, and we have come to the conclusion of our first, like, whole Eurovision-type season thingy in the span of us having this podcast, which oh is, God. I feel like, very exciting, actually. <laughs> I didn't even realize that, but you're so right, because we did. We, like, talked about the entries as they came out. We, you know, did all, like, the hype and speculation. We did our rankings, and now we're going to talk about the show. So that actually yeah. is cool. It all came full circle within 14 weeks. Actually, 14 weeks is a long time. That's, like, th- two, almost three months. like two and a half months. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, we are so I, I committed. Know. Right? We're going strong. I remember at first when we when we talked about doing this, we were like, oh, well, like, you know, maybe it'll be like bi-weekly or whatever. Like, who knows? Like, we'll see. Like, and I'm I'm so proud of us for being able to keep up with everything through through everything. <laughs> through all the things that the world throws at us. <laughs> and I just have to say, Maxi is such a sport, everyone. Like, y'all don't even realize how hard Maxi works on this. Like they do so much for this. I have been like totally off the radar lately. I've been dealing with tons of crazy personal stuff. My dog has been really sick. Like yeah. it's been nuts for me. We're even we're recording on a Wednesday night after Maxi got out of work and it's going to like <laughs> super quickly edit this so that we can get it out to all of our Patreons early so that yes. they can still watch early. Just like constantly picking up my slack. So like oh, everybody leave prayer hands in the chat for Maxi. Cause really yes. this would not be <laughs> happening without Maxi. No, I mean, same to you, though, you know, like we're we all we get through it one week at a time. We it's figure a, it it's out. Team. It's a team. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. A- and speaking of our patrons, before we get into this extra special Junior Eurovision 2023 recap review episode, we want to give a shout out to our patrons. These are people that went over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Joint Slate Podcast and subscribed over there to support the channel. And we're going to give a shout out to everybody who subscribed on Patreon this week. So, well, not this week, but everyone who's been subscribed. Uh, so shout out to Meredith, Daniel, Obili, Alistair, Russell, Carolina, Shoegazer, Daniel, Kathleen, Suniva, Norbert, and shout out to our newest patron, Jackson. Yes. Oh my God, Jackson. Hi, Jackson. thank you. Yes. And if you would like a shout out in the coming episodes, head over there and you also will receive early access to every single episode, the full length video episode. And now we have 14 episodes out plus a Patreon exclusive and we have some more coming up. We already have them, you know, thought out and planned. So if you want to see all that, head over to the Patreon and subscribe and shout out to everyone who's been supporting us on Spotify, on YouTube everywhere we appreciate you and shout out because uh it this actually gives a little hint to what you might be able to expect over on the patreon so for those of you who have like spotify or even apple music there's these little recaps that happen at the end of the year and shout out to the 11 people that had us as their number one podcast and i believe there was something like 65 people had us in their top 10 i was like okay 
Yeah, like that's, I mean, especially because we, we haven't been going for like a full year. I mean, we just kind of started a few months ago. So shout out to everybody. And if you had us in your tops and like you got the little graphic and everything, tag us in those, send them to us. I want to see all of them because I don't know, it's just so sweet. And like, I appreciate everybody who's been watching everywhere. And it's just so cool to think like, you know, we're part of someone's week. I know, right? And I, I was shocked actually when you had posted that screenshot because it hadn't even crossed my mind that that we would show up in somebody's. Yeah. Um, but it's just like it's so cool to to think that like that we would be the top and I was thinking about it and I'm like I wonder if it's just that like those 11 just don't listen to podcasts so we're like they're only podcasts so naturally we would be like they're number one if they're not listening to any mm -hmm. podcast but I was like but if that's the case then like that's cool too like yeah if we're the only podcast someone lists like if that's the case like whoever you are like thank you for listening to us I mean to everybody yeah. but it's just like it's real honestly it's so amazing yeah, because I'm I'm that way. I literally only listen to one podcast. I listen to the Dance Dance Moms podcast. <laughs> so it didn't even give me a top five. That was the only podcast, which I was kind of surprised because I do, you know, listen to our episodes sometimes. <laughs> I've I've fallen asleep with them on. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so, you know, I was surprised I didn't show up in my own, but <laughs> But yeah, shout out to everybody who's been watching us just everywhere. We appreciate it. And if you're liking the episodes, also feel free to leave a review on anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Leave a comment if you're listening on YouTube. All those things are very much appreciated. And we love to hear your input and what can be done better, what you love, all those types of things. So just shout out to everyone. Shout yes. out to everyone. <laughs> love you all. Yes. And... So now that leads us into this very special recap episode of Junior Eurovision 2023. So this is very exciting because like we said, we started off this podcast pretty much with Junior Eurovision news and we've been following it since the beginning, of course, and giving our thoughts on all the entries and everything like that. And of course, if you're a subscriber of my channel, I posted like all these reactions and stuff already to everything. Like I was crazy and I... I got in drag at 10 a.m., got up, filmed my reactions live as they were happening, got them all edited and uploaded in that one day like a crazy person. Um, so, you know, you could see all my reactions over there. But I'm, I'm, my favorite thing of this is hearing your thoughts on everything because you are still kind of a newbie to Junior Eurovision. And so it's exciting seeing you kind of like, not for the first year, because you did follow like last year, but you know, for the first year, really go in depth and talk about everything. So I'm excited to get into that. Um, and for Junior Eurovision, I brought a special little guest with me today um, because, you know, we're talking about children. So I brought my brat's baby. Oh my <laughs> God, that is so creepy. Oh wait though, it I totally is. It has the same eye makeup look going on as me with the blue. Oh my God, so we're twins. Yeah, Y'all are actually twinning. That's a cute shirt. Finland, always in your Finland vibe. You know I love Finland. <laughs> what's up? What's up with that? We usually do well, themes. What's up with that? Uh, well, so obviously Finland is not in Junior Eurovision. Yeah. And um, there had been a little piece of news though that had came out at Junior Eurovision oh. time. And they had said that people from Ule, the Finnish Broadcasting Network, were observing Junior Eurovision. <laughs> so <laughs> was I. 
<laughs> I likewise, I was absolutely observing Junior Eurovision, like very many millions of other people all over the world. I thought that headline was hilarious. I don't know what language it was originally in or or what, but it was just such a funny choice of words to say that they were observing it. But I think if I understand correctly, they actually had a representative there on site, mm. like on the ground, seeing what it is mm -hmm. like. I, I would assume talking to other delegations to see what it's like yeah. for them. So I would imagine that the people from Ule are probably pretty close with the people from the Estonian TV channel. Mm, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if if they've been in communication since of course Estonia premiered this year in the contest. Yeah. So I I'm kind of I'm wearing the Finland shirt as a manifesting mm. item to say that next year maybe Finland will be competing. We'll be talking about their entries yeah. and their performance as a debut because obviously I love Finland, I love Finnish music and I would love 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 to see finland enter junior eurovision yeah the more the merrier and i know they are putting in like like they're trying to update the rules put in special you know protections for the kids to kind of i mean obviously for the children but also to kind of hopefully invite more countries in that maybe don't want to participate or ones that used to participate but withdrew or whatever so i hope so I hope so. I feel like Junior Eurovision is growing and it's becoming such a bigger thing. I want to see more countries. It makes me sad that we're at such a low number right now. Is but... it really, is 16 low or has there been more in previous years? Yeah, so we were increasing for a while. I think we got up to 20 or 21 a few years ago. And then like when COVID happened, that number dropped. I think there was only like 12 that year. And then Russia and Belarus were, you know, no longer in it. And, you know, it's just kind of, it's uh, now Kazakhstan's not in it. You know, uh, I don't, Serbia wasn't in it this year. I mean, Macedonia hadn't been in it for a while. So there's been a lot of countries that have just been kind of dropping out of it and all for different reasons. I mean, it's also become such a bigger production. So like it probably costs more for everyone. So I'm hoping that, you know, hopefully we get some new people, you know, if, if those people that left aren't coming back, then let's get some new people in. Um, well, this year was such a success, though. I feel yeah. like more countries should want to come in because yeah. it was awesome. So let's let's talk about how awesome this yes. year was. Start, so we're going to do kind of like a recap and then also a review, you know, so of everything that went on. So <clears throat> starting off right out the gate, you see Lisandro, the winner of last year pop up on the screen and he's giving this little spiel about basically like we are all superheroes and it has this these really fun little graphics of him like traveling through time and into these different little environments and he's like doing time travel he's in space he's like with caveman he's like in a black and white silent film it was really cute. And then that led into the flag ceremony slash common song. So they were uh, combined this year, which was an interesting choice. Um, I didn't mind it, but it was it was kind of it was interesting. Um, but so kind of how it went was they would do like a, a verse and there would be maybe like three or four of the artists would um, like sing their verse in the common song. And then it would show people walking out. It was just kind of weird because sometimes they would do their verse before they walked out. 
so it was kind of like weird. Like I feel like the flag ceremony should be the first thing. Everybody walks out. That's the intro. And then the common song. I like it to be after everybody's performed. Um, but, you know, I mean, yeah, that's just me. <laughs> I, I completely agree with you. I also was confused because people were popping up and singing. Like, I think it might have been Malta in particular, where she had yeah. one of the first verses. And I'm like, wait, because then she pops up again when she does her flag parade part. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought that was a little bit messy, to be honest, with the yeah. people coming in and people coming out. I would have liked to see something a little bit different. I don't know, different. Like you said, like keep them like together. Uh, yeah. it, seemed, it seemed uh strange. Yeah. And also like I like the the comments. I love the comment song. I wish we did that in Eurovision, honestly. I mean, I know it would be hard because of qualifiers and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but they did do it in 2014, I believe. Not in the same way. Other people didn't have verses on it, but they did do like this kind of common song vibe where everybody came out on stage as like the introduction. And it was um to like Emily DeForest's song Rainmaker which is an amazing song. It's like better than her Eurovision artist to be, or Eurovision mm -hmm. song, to be honest. I watch that all the time. It's like kind of emotional for me also because it was like Valentina Moneta made it to the final that year. So you get to <laughs> see her there. Um, and it was just cute. It's just like cute to see all the artists like come together in that moment because you don't get to see a lot of that, especially in Eurovision. Um, but I love that they do it for junior Eurovision. So you see everybody like kind of come together and they did it a couple times in this year. Um, and I guess that's probably why they didn't do it after the fact, because they had that other segment at the end where they all came together again. So that's probably why they did that. But it was also weird because it was broken up, whereas normally you you get like the full performance of the full song like together. Mm -hmm. But this time it was broken up and they had the song Makeba uh, when they did the flag ceremony, which I love the song. Ooh, ew, makeba, makeba, that's it. Yeah, that was sick. I, get mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I loved hearing that. But. It was cute. And then they had like this running theme throughout like a lot of the performances of this kind of like gospel choir vibe going on, which I thought was cute. I don't think it made sense necessarily for it to be like a theme, but I did love how they really kind of went in all in to this, uh, the heroes theme. Like oftentimes we have a theme, but it doesn't really like actually translate to anything in the shows um, or like a, a message, the slogan, whatever. But they really centered this whole thing around heroes. And I actually thought it was really cute, like everything they did. And we'll talk about some more of the stuff that they did. But yeah, I like the that theming they... was heavy, heavy yeah. theming. And it even so maybe you can answer this for me because I'm I'm not totally sure on what the timeline was as far as the theme being introduced and the songs being chosen. But I was mm. noticing that even the competing songs, a lot of them kind of mentioned the word heroes uh. or sort of matched into that theme. And I was like, wait, did they did they write these songs for the theme? Is this a coincidence? And it's just because that's like a good, you know, you know, topic for the songs or do you know what, about that? Yeah, I think didn't they announce it when we were in Liverpool or something like I feel like they did a press conference. I don't know if that I think that's when they announced the theme. So I, it has, I, I believe so. I can't remember, but I feel like I remember there being the junior Eurovision announcement at a press conference mm -hmm. in Liverpool. Um, so it has been, I, we definitely had that theme for a while. Um, but I mean, it's really, I will say every year 
not every year, but there have been years that where it stuck out where a lot of songs seem to have connections with each other. Like there was one year where like literally everybody was like singing about nature. Like mm-hmm. everyone was singing about saving the planet. And like that was the year Greta Thunberg was like big. Um, and so I feel like that had a lot to do with it because it was a, a lot of it just that year was like children speaking up on these like topics about the environment and environmental issues. So we had, a, a, we had Marte and she's singing about pollution and we had, you know, just all these different songs. Um, and, but I think it's, I mean, I'm sure those people probably did lean into the heroes thing, but it was interesting. Cause there were, there were quite a few um, this year. Uh, and another thing that during the flag ceremony, which was very prevalent, was they had a lot of audience cuts. And this was our first indication of the fact that there were like <laughs> no kids there <laughs> from what they showed. Um, there were- Yes, actually Eurovision Tom addressed this in his video because he was there in the arena. Yes. Or the, it was actually kind of like an amphitheater, which was kind of cool. He had some pictures on his video that he had taken from like his point of view and you could see that it was like a like a like a half circle Mm -hmm. kind of situation um and he said that there were children kind of in the in the seated areas definitely not down in the pit i mean it's not safe for them to be in the pit yeah but he said that there were kids and that actually the day before for rehearsals there were a lot more kids because it was like a more appropriate time to bring children to a show Mm, that makes sense that makes sense really weird it was one of the first things i thought when they started showing the audience where i was like why are there no kids yeah. the only kids i'm seeing are on the stage and i have no problem with adults mm-hmm. going to this contest obviously you, parents have to take children to to the show yeah um and it's totally cool to be a fan and want to go i i would go um yeah. and i'm an adult well, I, I don't have I don't, children i don't know if i'll um, go ever I want to I mean, go. I, I just if it if it was easy to go, I I would like if I happened to be in the country where it was being hosted, or like I would have considered if Spain had one and was hosting, I would have considered going because it's actually if they hold it at the same time, it would be like a birthday trip for me to go oh, and see Junior Eurovision. It would be cool. Yeah, and my birthday's around a holiday, so it would I wouldn't have to take as many days off potentially for that. Oh, that's true, and but the benefit is it's not a holiday over there. It's so not you don't have to deal with those problems of like traveling and everything's closed for the holiday or whatever yeah uh. no, it wouldn't be any of that so i don't think there's anything wrong with being an adult going to junior year vision obviously we're both adults and we've been talking about this thing for weeks now at this point um but it i just i felt myself wishing that instead of having a pit like they do at eurovision that they would have just had maybe even like a mini green room or even if they yeah. had the green room with the artists up front so that we could see them all by or just something just something to even if they're plants to put children there in yeah. a nice comfortable environment where they have seats but where they can stand up and dance like something more like a like you would see in like a studio audience like i don't know it just yeah. it just was it was lacking it was lacking kids show to me it it was it was it was strange every time they cut to the audience and i mean they were just i mean grown adults like and not like listen again like you said it's no judgment to adults that follow it like we are both adults that are following junior eurovision and we would like to go like i would love to go as well um nothing like that but it just is jarring when you're like showing children and then it cuts to the audience and and 
you know, you see all these people in the shot and they're all adults watching these children. It's a little weird. Um, it seemed the worst with uh, Kvitka, with Ukraine song, because yeah. that is a very youthful song. And like, you would want to see in a crowd shot yeah. kids, like that you would want to see, I, I wanted to see more of the target audience for this show. Yeah. enjoying the show I think that would have made it just feel a bit more holistic and I don't know it's like maybe it felt a little bit too much like regular Eurovision and the junior Eurovision is special and and different and I don't think that it should be just like adult Eurovision in that way like it doesn't need a pit and actually this is a totally different conversation but I have a big issue with the standing room only pit situation at Eurovision first of all the show is yeah. way too long it is not yeah. healthy, even for a able-bodied person to stand yeah. for four or five hours, plus the time you're standing outside in the queue, whatever. It is not good for your body. Everyone no. complains about complains about that after the fact that it hurts to stand that yeah. long. And it completely eliminates anybody with a disability, essentially, from being able to be on the floor. Mm. And it's normal for all kinds of concert situations to have at least some sort of arranged seating. I mean, and shout out to Finland, Ule for UNK. They actually had wheelchair accessible seating on the floor next to the stage. So if you are disabled and you are in a wheelchair and you want to watch from the floor with other people, you could do that for that contest, but you wouldn't have been able to do that at junior and you can't mm -hmm. do that at regular Eurovision. And I think that is like a huge blind spot. We can talk about accessibility on another episode, but that was something that really stood out to me. Like if it's not, if, if it is not safe for you to have children in the audience yeah. at the live children's show, then you need to adjust some things to make it safe and healthy for children to be able to watch the show that's uh, targeted towards them, is my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I mean, of course, you know, it's one thing that they're clearly focusing like a lot more on the conditions for the, the children contestants, but I think it should also be a focus on making it a safe and comfortable space for children to be in the audience and be the viewers because at the end of the day that is the viewership and i think a lot of the and that is the audience because i think a lot of the countries that like withdrew because they felt like it was becoming too adult i feel like it it looks like when you watch this year it looks like children performing but our adults are the audience like that those are the people observing the performances are adults and that's not the way it should be and i think that there is a huge like audience of kids that are watching on the TV and that are even there. And I just, there's definitely ways they can do it because honestly, I saw a clip of an old performance from like 2019 or something and they kept cutting the kids in the audience. So it's not that it's impossible and it has not always been like that. Um, and yeah, even if they just had seating because that makes everybody kind of in order and that you have your spot um, and it's just, a you know, I feel like that would make a lot more sense or like you said, cutting to the kids in the green room. I always love when they do that too, because I just, you know, any chance yeah. to see the contestants, but definitely it's just kind of, it's weird. <laughs> it's a little weird to watch, but you know. Hey. And it sounds weird from the other side to be like, I want to see more kids, but it's like, but it's not about, it's not about the kids themselves. It's, it's about, it's about the experience for the kids. Like yeah. it's, there's just, I don't know. It seems like, at the end of and the that's, day, 
Yeah. One of my main criticisms, I have one other criticism that we'll probably get to at a different point, but everything else about the show itself, I thought was really great. Yeah. 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 I agree. And so at the end of that, it ended with a little gospel breakdown of the common song and every, everybody was loving that main singer. She was, she was serving in. I'm glad that we got to see her a little bit later as well. It was kind of going crazy. There were kids spinning in the air like doing, uh, it was like, it was like a fever dream. I was like, we're was singing screaming. gospel. Like this kid, they they were just spinning up. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I was watching that. I was like, is that really necessary? Like what in the Cirque du Soleil is happening here? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> I know. I was like, I guess they're supposed to be like a superhero flying in the sky. It was wild, but I was living, I was living for the chaos. Um, and, and then the hosts all came out and I was a little confused by this whole digital ambassador situation that was going on. Ofenia, I don't know if that's how you say her name, Ofenia. If it's a French name girl, trust believe I'm not going to get it right. Um, it could be said a completely different way. I didn't watch a lot of the content online. So I guess maybe she did a lot of content online. Um, I don't know. They were fine hosts, I believe. Um, Lori, Laurie, Lori. I believe the other woman, she had hosted the previous edition that was in Paris as well. Um, fine. I feel like junior Eurovision hosts are never that exciting. I personally loved the trend of what they've been doing in recent years of um, one of their previous contestants co-hosting. Um, mm. They've been doing that in recent years, usually like two adult hosts and then one of the like other contestants. And I feel like France does a really good job actually of like showcasing their previous contestants. I mean, we basically saw everybody except for Carla in, in this. And I think Carla did the opening ceremony or something. So she still was involved in this year. And I really like that they do that. It feels like, you know, we're not just going to have you for one year and then throw you to the side. Like, no, we're going to keep showing you. And and I like I like that they do that. Um, and I mean, because oh, was it um, Zena, 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 Zena? Who represented Belarus? I think she hosted Junior Eurovision. Oh, Zena, the like it girl? Yeah, yeah. I believe she hosted Junior Eurovision when it was in oh. Belarus. And like, I just think, you know, because she had tried a lot for Junior Eurovision, but she never made it. And then mm -hmm. she aged out. And then she, mm -hmm. that's when she was in Eurovision. Because she was like 16 in, in Eurovision. She um, was young. Oh, I didn't I didn't know about that part of her. I love her song. Yeah. And I, I mean, I actually always think low key, they're better hosts than the like actual professional hosts. Um, because there's like a playfulness there's like actual fun. They're usually the ones that are like in the green room with the kids. So there's like more of that interaction where it's like, okay, we're in a similar age group. And also I've performed before. Like, I don't know. I didn't think the, okay, I can be critical because she's an adult. I didn't think the green room host slash digital ambassador was like the best host ever. Um, and I feel like the green room one's supposed to be the one with the personality and like have a little fun and, 
I just wasn't getting that vibe from her. No, they felt really rehearsed actually to me. Like, yeah. and I know that they, they do like know what question they're going to be asked. And a lot of them, you know, it's English as a second language and they're young. Yeah. Um, but it, I don't know, something about it didn't feel very natural. And I think if mm-hmm. they would have had Lissandro, the adorable Lissandro yeah. in, in there doing the interviews, even if the answers were the same kind of you know rehearsed packages they would have felt a little bit more natural because they would have been talking to someone closer to their age and not like some yeah. weird adult lady in a sequin dress you know it was very, very much like auntie at thanksgiving who's trying to make conversation with you because you're sitting next to you and you're a kid and she doesn't want to be awkward sitting in silence with her mm-hmm. nephew that's what it mm-hmm. felt like yeah and also i mean and this isn't this isn't like judgment for people who like whose English is not that good but it was just a note and especially like when you're host hosting in English I felt like every single one of those kids had better English than her which kind of like you know because they're like also young and then uh, I don't know but you know who actually sorry I just want to say they shouldn't be making the kids speak English either they should just use interpreters. I was a bit surprised by that because some of them are clearly more comfortable than others. And I was thinking maybe they should have just used an interpreter because that's totally fine and normal and okay. Yeah. And it yeah. might've been better and more comfortable for them. Sorry. Yeah, and then Miss Miss French girl got to answer in French. There was also a lot of French, okay? Mm, and no translation. Don't get me started. People are gonna cancel me. And like, I get that French is is like an official language of Eurovision. But I was like, okay, guys, I get it. We're in France. But could we just, tra- like, just translate it? Like, I'm fine with us doing the English and French version. But there were fully moments where they just spoke the whole segment in French and didn't translate it. I was like, could I please? <laughs> I don't know what's <laughs> going on. Um, but actually, you know who would have been a great host is Enzo, who represented France a few years ago. Um, because his English is perfection. He like lived in, I know this is weird to say like why his English is really good, but he lived in Japan for like a large portion of his life. Like, it's just, I don't know. I think it was like his family that whatever, but I remember his interviews, he had such good personality. Like he was so funny in his interviews back when he was in junior Eurovision and his English was so good. Like, I feel like he would have actually been a great host i feel like they should have they really should have involved him in in some way i was i mean he was in the he was in the show at some point um but i was like i don't know he would have made a great host um and i like also giving those moments to the people who didn't win like give him a little extra thing he didn't win but he came really close so you know give him something (laughs) um So yes, so we moved on from that little intro to the performances, and the first thing we th- that we saw was the postcards. So all the postcards were for- filmed in various locations around Nice, France, um, which is cute. I always like when they film them in their own, like, their own towns, but that's fine. Um, that's fine. Um, and each postcard began with I'm reading the little like description of it. Uh, each postcard began with a child participating in an activity of their choice and facing a setback that discourages them before the upcoming upcoming performer standing on top of a building empowers them to accomplish their task. And I thought these were freaking adorable. I I love when the postcards 
actually include the artist. I mean, isn't that kind of the point of a postcard mm-hmm. is like give a little intro to the artists. I mean, and like, even though it didn't involve them so much, I thought it was adorable. These moments where they're like, save the day. And like, uh, first of all, just the memes, like the amount of sc- screen recordings I did of all of those. Cause I'm like ready, like <laughs> miss, miss, Anastasia Dumud, like, yes, she is going to save the world. Like, uh, I I was watching those, like, oh, my God, if I went to Eurovision, I would love to, like, have a little postcard moment like that. Like, just have that for myself for for the rest of my life to be able to look back on. It's just, like, it was so adorable. And again, like, keeping with the theme, like, bringing it all together. And it actually, like, kind of made the theme make sense for, like, junior Eurovision and for kids and whatever and like what does heroes mean to like a regular person it doesn't just mean like supernatural superheroes but like how you can change someone's day how you can uplift people and of course they were using their superpowers but like that can translate to the real world of like whatever you know how you can help someone when they're they're feeling down or whatever is going on with them um and I thought it was like first like a great message for kids and all that sort of thing I thought it was adorable uh, I I thought in very many ways it was a super hit. I mean, like they were, I, I like that they were showing the host city. I think that's a really a good thing because mm-hmm. a lot of this is kind of about tourism as well. Yeah. And, and showing, I think the host cities are important in the sense that you get to, you know, show off yourself. And also Nice is like a really nice place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, they had plenty of really pretty locations to choose from and I thought that was really cool I did love that they included the performers and I love that they did the little flag abstraction yeah I love because there was what whatever year that was I forget what that was but they had 20, they put everything together and then they would take a picture of the things to make mm-hmm. the flag that's one of my favorite postcards ever and yeah. um I love that they kind of, you know, incorporated that into it. It really hit on the theme. Um, however, there's one aspect of it that was a bit of a miss for me. And it didn't really hit me because at first I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. This is great. I love the, you know, empowerment thing. And then probably by like the 11th or 12th one, I realized that a majority of these scenarios that they had were based around physical abilities mm. and that made me feel a little bit uncomfortable because a lot of them were like oh you're not good at jumping jump rope well here comes a performer and they're now they're going to make you good at jumping jump rope oh you're mm. nervous to dance well this one's going to come in and they're going to put their powers on you to break dance and i think actually when it clicked really really clicked for me was that i was expecting that maybe thea's would have something mm. where it would be like there's someone who who is deaf and they get involved because all of the uh, friends get the magical ability to speak in sign language. Oh, that would have been so cute. And then it was, and actually I think hers was even, that might've been the break dancing one. And so it was like uh, the contrast between yeah. kind of what I expected and what it was. And I was really like, oh, they kind of screwed up here. Like, I think one of the only ones that sticks out to me that wasn't, really based in some kind of a physical ability was painting. Mm -hmm. And I felt like there should have been more of, of those kinds of things where, where they aren't necessarily tied to like what you can do with your body. Mm -hmm. 
that would have hammered home, I think, the theme of of being a hero and supporting each other a little bit more than just like being a good dancer. Yeah, yeah, because it's like the solution also doesn't have to be that, you know, oh, you magically just get the ability to do that thing. Like it can also be your friends around you, you know, work with you in that situation or what. Yeah, that makes sense. That would have been really cute to like. And that's what I like liked about for 2014 was that they actually had the artists like in the in the scenario in the situation doing the thing and i feel like maybe if like they actually had her in in that and have maybe direction um like work with the kids to like have something make sense with them like it could be like an interest mm -hmm. of theirs or or anything like that it probably was just like kind of random stuff that they assigned to each person um but it would have been cute to like even if they didn't have them in there, like have it be like something like that they have some involvement in or that's important to them. And so like, all yeah, kinds. it yeah. did seem like they were kind of randomly selected and just given, you know, like mm -hmm. whatever placement you got, that's just what you got. Um, but I, I do understand and I did like the way that they were kind of green screened in because obviously like COVID precautions and also in general, mm -hmm. I think it's smart to just have people traveling less yeah you don't need to be flying all over the place even before covid like we're in a climate crisis you don't need to be flying everywhere yeah. to do things in person um so i did like that and they kind of, they did that with the postcards recently for eurovision mm -hmm. as well i mean ob obviously italy's are not like just example <laughs> of that but like the netherlands one that one was really i loved those postcards where you kind of went into one. the they like it was like a little room it was like that little room structure and then oh, they imported yeah. the things that that mean something to the artist and then like the artist kind of gets green screened in yeah i like the postcards where you get to know the artists a little bit like yeah. it gives just a little you know a little information i don't want a lot but you know just what do they like what is their vibe you know that sort of thing i, I like that yeah. stuff i mean with junior Eurovision, it's it's fine. I mean, this is, I feel like, you know, you're not going to have the kids like going on a fucking excursion. Like I'm like wild youth was like on the side of a mountain or something like, like that. Oh, like, that's you know, right. That. <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, why am I not even remembering what the Eurovision postcards were this year? What was I the don't theme? Remember. I'm going to be honest, I don't really pay attention to the postcards a lot of the time. Like, I maybe will watch, like, a couple, but I don't, like, keep up with it necessarily. Okay, but, like, like that's bad that they're watch. not memorable, because we're talking about shit that happened 10 years ago, and we're remembering the flag photo scenario. That's true. I mean, but that was iconic. Well, but that's the, that's the point, though. We got to create more so iconic moments. So we're going to go through every single performance. Are you ready? Oh, I yeah, I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So first to perform was Spain, Love You by Sandra Valero. Um, uh, this was amazing to me. This really truly blew me away first of all an amazing opener the staging was amazing i so loved cute. the storyline that they were delivering of just like traveling around the world coming together love you know knows no language knows no bounds you can be from anywhere we all love each other it was just like so adorable vocals were great like she 
truly ate that up. Truly a perfect junior Eurovision entry to me. Perfect. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Blew me away. Um, obviously, if, if people had watched the previous uh, episode where we did our ranking, I did have Spain second. So I was inclined to really like this one. But I really think, personally, Spain should have probably won. I, I think this one, I think they just really knocked it out of the park. Every aspect of it was so perfect. Not that Francis wasn't completely polished and wonderful as well and not a deserving winner. I'm not saying that it was that France was not a deserving winner, but I personally between between two perfect items, you know, it's like saying, you know, chocolate or vanilla ice cream, basically. Yeah. You know, for me, it's I'm Spain's was just incredible. I'm surprised with how much I listened to this song in the past couple of weeks that it didn't end up in my like Spotify raft. <laughs> um, I know. Yeah, I was. I don't I'm think I had any. Song. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree. And I also thought it built beautifully, like the whole entire performance, like they kept adding things to make it more interesting. And by the end, like with all those fireworks and everything, it was just like. It was so good. I agree. Like, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing is I feel like what people say, like, oh, like I would say, oh, this was robbed to me because like this was, in my opinion, after watching everybody like this was the one I thought should have won. Doesn't mean if I say that doesn't mean I don't think France didn't deserve to win because honestly, I think everybody deserves to win. Like if you win, you yeah. win and you deserve it. Um and everybody did so good. I mean, all the songs were great. Like, everybody was amazing. So, like, you know. But this one was just, like, something special to me. And and also, I just, like, you know, Spain, I feel bad. I really do feel bad for the Spanish people because they really are truly, like, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Like, mm. they're always coming so close. And, like, especially in junior Eurovision and in recent, well, maybe not in recent years of Eurovision, because, like, they didn't come close this recent year. But but it just feels like, you know, they're always getting there. In junior Eurovision, they're always right up there. But they're never quite there. And, like, this time it was hard because I kept seeing people be like, oh, but see, you know, people got a France found the formula. And I was like, but, like, this was the formula. Yeah. And, like, it's like, you know, why don't they? Like, I just think, you know, I want them to win. I really, they deserve it. <laughs> I mean, they all deserve it, but, you know. So do you think, because this was the opener and no one's ever won from the opening spot before, do you think that if this would have been later in the running order, like if France and Spain would have been flipped, do you think that would have been enough for Spain to win over France? I do think so. I think because this year it actually wasn't, it was pretty close. And in some years it it has been like so obvious, like no matter where, like no matter where Malena was, she was winning. You know, mm -hmm. like there are just some entries that are like that. But I do feel like this year was pretty close in, in terms of those like top two. And so I do feel like little things like that do end up mattering when it when it comes close like that. I don't like this year. There wasn't a clear front runner winner. Um, There were a clear couple, but like there wasn't one that specifically was like, oh, ain't nobody even going to be able to hold a candle to Miss Roxana mm -hmm. Vigal, you know, like she's like, she was the only option, stuff like that, you know, like this year wasn't like that. So I feel like, yeah, if they switched, I think that Spain probably would have ended up taking it home. <sighs> or it would have been even more painfully close. Yeah. Oh my God. That would kill me if it was like a point. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> I mean, it at was least, killing me anyway, watching. 
Yeah, yeah. At least France and Spain both have strong fan bases, like, from their countries. So, you know, it doesn't feel, like, unfair to one side. Like, you know, like, yeah, it is what it is. Um, so second up was Malta with their song Stronger by Yulan. And I thought this was really good. It was really professional. It was classy. Just like, you know, she was serving vocals. Like that was what the song was, even the way they staged it. Like it was all to showcase her and her skills as a singer. Um, I don't think the staging didn't go anywhere. Um, to me, the staging didn't do... Now, I don't want to say it didn't do her any favors in a way of like a bad way, but it didn't amplify the song for me. Yeah, um, she, I mean, she did. She gave a great performance. I think if the song was a little bit better, that would have helped. But I don't think that this compared to everything else that we had, this wasn't one that was really going to stand out. Obviously, going second doesn't help either. So there was kind of a lot of a lot of things that weren't that weren't really helping this entry out and uh, other people have pointed out that and i don't know if we're going to get to maybe results in a different section yeah, or should not. we do them together or i mean maybe we should that? just well i mean well we can bring it up as as necessary and then we can go it's at the bottom if you need to see a breakdown of it breakdown. if you scroll down um, um but but I, I mean, people have looked at it and basically the up-tempo songs were in the top half. The low-tempo songs were in the bottom half. Kids don't like ballads. Not shocking, actually, um, that you would be at a disadvantage if you have a slower song. Kids like, you know, more energetic, exciting things. I guess maybe I'm a kid at heart because I'm the same way. Um, yeah. <laughs> between it being you know a single person on the stage a little bit boring a song that's a little bit more down tempo and introspective uh coming second in the running order it just there was not nothing was helping this entry out a lot which is too bad because i mean she was great she was great and i yeah. could see her coming back again maybe not junior Eurovision, but in uh mese yeah for sure i mean yeah, I think that's the thing is, is when you're creating a junior Eurovision entry, like, you do want to kind of think, keep it in the back of your mind of like, if a kid was watching, would this stand out to a child? Because even adults watching junior Eurovision and voting in it, I think a lot of adults watching it um, still vote based on how they feel like a kid would perceive it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, they watch that and they think, Oh, that that that's not that's not right for a kid to be singing it, or or that's not, um, I don't know. I just don't see that for you know for a ch a, a child audience, or maybe they're voting for their kids or whatever. I feel like I vote on my favorites, so I sometimes like a, a serious entry, but I think a lot of adults still kind of vote with that in their brain too. So I feel like it's important to kind of like keep that in their mind. I feel like in Eurovision. I don't know if this would do any better, but like uh, people yeah. are more inclined to vote for like a serious entry. But in junior Eurovision, it's not usually a thing. Um, it's usually, you know, kids don't really want to, you know, think. Kids aren't serious. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, mean, some kids are serious. Kids can be serious. But generally speaking, when it comes, I mean, also with like a TV show. I don't know. It seems yeah. like that would be a part. If I was a kid and I was, you know, 
doing a flag drawing exercise. And I guess we'll see this weekend when I do this experiment with my yeah. niece and nephew. Like if I was a kid and I was doing an activity while I was watching the show, I think I would probably stop doing my activity when Spain was on. And then I would go back to my drawing when Malta was on kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah. And and speaking of another entry that I would I would drop the crayons and pay full attention mm -hmm. to <laughs> was Ukraine. Amazing. Literally like icon I icon. Truly an icon. It was adorable. And at first I didn't I was sad when we lost the like Ukrainian colors. And I just loved the outfit that she wore in that original performance. And so I like I really like that. But honestly, like, no, I love that performance. And I love this one too. Sailor Moon anime. Again, keeping with that kind of saving the world theme. She had her little wand and she said, stop this tragedy. And she stopped the tragedy. She ended it. <laughs> um, no, like icon. And again, like it was, I don't know. It was just adorable. Again, like so good for junior Eurovision. Um, Oh, I love this one so much. It actually like really grew back on to me. Like I, I don't know, in my, in our, in our last one where we gave our rankings, and I said this one dropped a little bit for me. No, 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 no. Pull back up. And those vocals. Oh my god. Oh my god. So talented. Like that little child just. It it blows my mind. Honestly, this one was another one for me where I watched it and I was like, like this should win like this was amazing like it like checked every there were so many perfect entries i think in this edition and this was one of them for me at least this was a very perfect entry she was so cute um and i i wondered if the changing of the outfit color was actually part of the rules because there was some issues remember i think with kalush where they didn't want them uh... to have red and blue as part of their staging because it was flag colors and perceived as being nationalistic so i don't know if they that was part of why they changed but i thought the outfits were so cute they were just it was like candy land it was just yeah. so sweet it was and, but there was a moment there that everything went kind i think it was at the tragedy part where everything was mm. kind of like black and red yeah someone had pointed out and i think what they said was kvitka munsigra <laughs> because it literally looked like the Hattery staging for a second where she and she's got the red lights up on her face and like looks like all menacing. Uh, I was like, oh my god, because it really is a very short moment in the performance, but when you isolate just that part, it does have a totally different vibe. It's like the there's the nice me and there's the evil me. Yeah. <laughs> Aww. No, the, I feel like there's so many also like memes from this because she's just an icon, like so much yeah. personality. Her little interview, oh, she, so she was like, I cried a little on stage. It was amazing. My favorite <laughs> part was when I win. Yes, <laughs> yes, oh. yes, that's right, girl. Uh, and, and she came third in the, in the televote, icon legend. She came ninth in the jury. That's some bullshit, but okay whatever ah uh, well in for who next to perform was ireland uh with jessica mckean and i thought this was really good like really professional great vocals really beautiful they created a gorgeous environment i did like i loved it i saw somebody online say like 
their last three entry entries are a trilogy. Like they all feel like they belong in the same story in the same world. And I love that. I think it's gorgeous. I don't get why this, well, I don't think this should have came last, but it's hard. I do kind of, it was so good, but it was very, one of those things where I feel like maybe a child audience wouldn't respond to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I was really blown away by this, like, especially on a visual level. Um, yeah. Cause the song wasn't a surprise to me because I had heard it a few times. Um, but seeing the staging, I was like, Oh, like I was transported into like this fantasy magical mm -hmm. land and it really was, it, it felt very like Wizard of Oz, Dorothy getting plopped down in oh, Oz. Yeah. And just like this, it's just so otherworldly aspect to it. And I, and her gown was so beautiful and both yeah. of the girls looked beautiful. And, and it, it also had like a theatrical element to mm -hmm. it as well, where I felt like maybe, maybe like this, like that in a stage show would be such a yeah. powerful moment. And I think maybe it just wasn't right for TV. Yeah. I I thought it, I mean, I agree. I It was so good. It's just, there are elements of it where I, it's, I don't want to say I understand, but I, I kind of understand, but I don't. Like for me, I don't, but I, I, I kind of, get it but i don't i don't know i can't i don't know how to uh, word it like when i was watching the results come in i don't know how many it was but i was like why does ireland have zero points on the screen yeah because they were the only one that were was at zero and in the moment when i noticed it and, and i think they did get points right after i had noticed it so it was a little bit early on but i was like this is not right like there are it, with the other entries, like there would have been other entries that I would expect to have zero points at this stage yeah. in the game. And really Ireland zero at that point and ultimately coming last. It's just, I don't know. Something yeah. came right with that. I feel like entries like this, I, I would expect the juries to uplift a little more. Um, and I think yeah. that, like it's, yeah, it's weird to me that, I mean, she came second to last in the juries. Um, but, I mean, looking at the bottom three of the juries, Georgia, Ireland, Estonia, it's pretty clear to me that uh, the juries are looking for children, like child-friendly songs that are like less serious. Like, that's what the juries are voting for, I feel like, based on looking at the results. And just one last thing about Ireland. I... I don't mean to keep, uh, you know, speaking on this, but Sophie is an icon. Sophie yeah. is a legend. She is such an amazing performer. And and so is Jessica. Sophie is just brilliant, though. Like, I need her to go to adult Eurovision. I need her involved in everything. Like, she's, and like, the even there are people who said, after the fact, there were some contestants that were like, that got maybe not good results and they were kind of, you know, not like feeling up to like dancing with the winner and everything. And she came up and was dancing with those them that were kind of off to the side. And I'm just like, she just is a ray of sunshine, a 
perfect human being. I love her so much. <laughs> did you see the little uh, video? Or I think it was a reel on Instagram that she did with Fia signing. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I was. It was so like, cute. I love the friendships and stuff. I mean, I love that with Adult Eurovision too. But it's extra, extra wholesome with juniors. Yeah, and I love how she just like she embraced everybody and she's like a Euro Eurovision fan. So I feel like she will be around. Like we will be seeing her. Um maybe uh Ireland will finally fucking qualify. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I know people are like making jokes about like, oh, she had the best and worst result for Ireland um in junior Eurovision. But you know that's what? That's nice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm sure she can take the joke though. <laughs> Yeah, she's always yeah. dragging her. I follow I do follow her on TikTok. I don't follow a lot of the kids, but I follow her because she actually be like she has a good sense of humor. She kind of like makes fun of herself a lot. So I'm sure she's laughing at it. Um, that's very I, that's very Irish, though. They're they're they've, they're kind of got like a rough, rough kind of sense of humor. But still, I, I mean, I don't think the, I don't know. Yeah. I don't like the idea of making any kind of a joke about somebody coming last. I'll make a joke about her being able to make Ireland qualify, but that's kind of the other side of the spectrum. Yeah, I see it for her. I mean, she's just, I think everything she touches turns to gold. Um, legend, icon, stunning queen. Yeah. Um, and you know so, what? Somebody does always have to come last. Yeah. Somebody always, like, it doesn't matter what it is. It just happened that this time around it was Ireland yeah. and and you know it's one of those like we did our rankings and we just did a top 10 because it didn't feel right to put a child last um yeah and so that's one of the things right it is a competition though and someone has to come last yeah and and I do think this is low-key the best last place that we've ever had and um and I think that that's the interesting interesting thing about Junior Eurovision is uh, honestly the last places in Junior Eurovision are never I don't want to say never the worst. I mean, it's like, no, I don't want to say anybody's the worst. But I do feel like a lot of times the people who don't perform the best in Junior Eurovision is not because they have a bad song, but because just like it doesn't translate to like a, a junior audience. But they still usually have a brilliant, amazing song, you know, like so it, it's nothing to feel feel down about because it's just like, you know, people just didn't get you now. You know, that doesn't mean people aren't going to get you in 10 years and they're going to be looking back and thinking robbed queen forever, you know. And like Greta Salome said one time, I'd rather not qualify and be remembered as being robbed for the rest of my life than qualify and come last in the final. And everybody just be like, oh, well, mm. you know. Yeah. Ab uh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So next to perform was the United Kingdom stand unique back to life. This was, I mean, this was, the staging was insane. I mean, it was some of the best staging I've ever seen from the UK. Like, I saw somebody compare, uh, <laughs> what was his name, James Newman's staging? And they were like, this was the UK a couple years ago, and this is them now. And who oh. would believe that those are the same people? And I was just thinking, no, but you know what's crazy, too, is, like, that was adult Eurovision, and this is junior Eurovision, and they are bringing adult Eurovision quality to this. It was crazy. And I don't often love like overlays on the, like for the cameras, but the way they did it was like kind of brilliant, putting them on top of these buildings and making reference to the music video, but building on that, making it more. It was so cool to me. 
the um, overlay thing i gotta say what popped into my mind right away because at first i didn't notice it i was like oh shit that looks cool and then i was like oh once they did a cutaway shot i'm like that's the they're putting that on top of the screen mm-hmm. um i thought about last dance from greece and that mm. weird ass green screen projection <laughs> staging thing i'm yeah. telling you when that thing came on i was laughing so hard i was nearly in tears that was myself it was one of the weirdest dumbest most goofiest cheesy corny fucking ugly stupid stagings in eurovision history and the way it got a good result still in the comments and it still got the song the song was good i loved the song um but I thought about that weird train wreck of a staging and how what how to me at least that you know camera trick just totally flopped. Uh, the camera yeah. trick here I thought really looked cool. Like it didn't it like I said you know at first like I just like accepted it as like the stage <laughs> and I didn't re- mm-hmm. it like took a second for me to say like oh yeah that's an overlay oh actually that's pretty cool oh what a good mm-hmm. job. Um, so I would say that UK after watching the performance like i thought that it was much better a much bigger standout uh they weren't even in my top 10 when we did yeah. the rankings last week and i think if i were to redo my rankings based on what we saw on stage i probably would maybe get it up into my top 10 because i thought i thought you know what they did really worked um i still don't love the song but as a package uh, i thought it was really good yeah for sure definitely the uk is is in a new era they are truly they're taking it seriously they yeah they are like they're serious about it now and and we love to see it and and they're one of those countries we're now looking at it they're gonna win junior eurovision in a few years they're gonna win eurovision in a few years if they keep this Mm -hmm. just like sending things that are i don't know just like just good entries that they can be proud of and that also like could have radio success like you know just actually in line with their music industry for once, finally. Because um, they have a very powerful music industry. And they're, I will say they're, they, the dancing hindered their vocals a little bit. And I don't know if it was just this show, because they actually did really well with the jury. So maybe they had a, like, you know, maybe it was just a show or whatever. Because, again, this is the issue that we've talked about. And, of course, there's less shows in Junior Eurovision, so it's not as much of an issue. But... That final, final show that we see is at at probably them at their worst. After yeah, they've done actually. it a million times, they've they've ran through it, a million rehearsals, a million shows. Finally, that live final, which should be the most important, but they're actually probably at their at the in their worst conditions. So, you know, it's sad, but they still did well, great. It's just you they know. did, and like you said, you know, they did really well with the jury. We don't get to see what that jury performance was like. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even beyond like the fatigue aspect of it, like sometimes you just have a bad night. It has nothing to do with being tired. You know, just maybe yeah. things are just a little bit off, and you know, you're just not hitting the notes the way that you want to be hitting them. Uh, yeah. And you know, it's kind of it's kind of hard to say. Would you rather that be on the jury night? Probably not, actually, because there's more points that come out of the jury pool than and then come out of the televoting pool. Um, but yeah, that that is an issue. I think about that a lot, especially in adult Eurovision, um, regarding like what we see versus what we what we don't see and how mm-hmm. we're getting the results, but we're actually getting results on different performances. 
Yeah, I do remember. That just made me think of, um, you know, of course, there's the aspects that you like don't plan to control, like maybe vocal flubs or, you know, or vocals being on point. But I remember hearing like one time about uh, Lena Meyer Landrit with Satellite. I remember hearing one time about how she performed differently, specifically in the jury shows to appeal a little more to the jury. And then in the live shows, she performed a little more playful. She she, Mm. you know, flirted with the camera a little bit more, you know, something like as a way to appeal a little bit more to like the viewers watching. And then with the jury show, she was a little more choreographed, a little more professional with her performance. And I do think about that. Like, I wonder if there are other artists like I don't really hear about people doing that but it's kind of a smart strategy to kind of perform in different ways depending on who you know is like voting in that moment but I don't know just something to think about Mm. so next up to perform was North Macedonia Kajimi Kajimi Koi listen this song has been in my head waking up in the mornings since Mm -hmm. Sunday this song is good. Uh, this song, if I were to redo my rankings, would actually be higher in my rankings. Really? Because oh. it, it's just so damn good. And and I said on Twitter right after she finished performing, if they would have sent this to Eurovision, they would have qualified. Mm-hmm. It was good. She, in my opinion, she was great. And yeah. it, but like like I said before, you know, people pointed out that the slower, more introspective songs just weren't really hitting it with the kids. And yeah. I mean, it is it is what it is. But my God, this one really just really like hit me. It did, yeah. I I mean, this was just gorgeous. I mean, obviously, I loved love 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 the song. I did vote for this one. We didn't go over who who we voted for. I don't believe. Um, uh, I, I did also vote for this one. I thought oh. maybe we would talk about who we voted for when we did the uh, results at the end. Talk mm. about who we voted for. But although I, I think it's fine to say, I'm totally yeah. fine saying I did vote um, for North Macedonia. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I mean, I love the song from the star. It was always one of my favorites. And I actually, I mean, I thought she did so well. Like, she she had great vocals. She performed like she was eating it up. I actually thought like they put in like cute little choreo, choreo moments for her. And, you know, they did all that. They could have done more for her staging. And I think that that's sometimes what's sad for me when I watch these things is like when you know they did amazing. They performed that. They They did everything that they could, but they just maybe didn't have the right guidance from their team in terms of like the decisions that are out of their hands like staging and stuff like that like even i thought oh my god i say this year after year fog goes a long way you know (laughs) because frankly ireland i mean granted they didn't get a great result but like ireland didn't have anything else on stage except for the singers but they brought in fog they did really good camera shots to like really make it feel like an environment I, I didn't hate the way they did this, the way people on Twitter were. Um, but definitely, like, I feel like throw some fog in there, keep the cameras really, like, tight, and just make it so you see her emotions, you feel the vibe of what she's bringing. But I love this kind of, like, futuristic meets nature kind of thing that they were doing. I loved her outfit. I loved her makeup. Like, oh, The I makeup was cool. I want to try that. Yeah. Look, it looks really cool. Um, 
Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on the fog. I didn't think about that, but it would look really nice. And I don't know that necessarily like all the bells and whistles would have made her have a better result. Um, yeah. The same way, I don't actually think the dragon helped Armenia. Um, no, we'll like, get to that. I, I, don't, I don't think it helps necessarily with the result, but it might leave a better overall impression, even if the impression doesn't transfer into votes, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, just feels it would say to feel a little bit more atmospheric. I think it would it would have it would have been nice to have something like that to have more going on with the staging. I don't think it would have helped the result necessarily. Yeah, I this this year for sure more so than than any other that I can think of with Junior Eurovision was there was a very clear divide in like the top songs and the bottom songs and and them all being like all the fun songs and all the slower songs down at the bottom, which is weird because, I mean, it's not like there hasn't been ballads that have won Junior Eurovision. There ha there's all there's been ballads that like come in the top. So I don't know. I don't know what it was about this year. I don't know if, you know, people's emotions just change and what it is. I mean, because like even I mean, there was a song that won Junior Eurovision that was like a very dramatic ballad that was about um like parents abusing each other and mm. their kids and stuff like it was a very wow. serious topic so it's like it's it's not that those serious topics can't win it's i just don't know i don't know what i really i, I, I don't have a you know generally i think the quality was just really high and anytime yeah. you're going to have something with such high quality you're going to have issues because you're not having people who are like like clearly not getting it uh, where we were, when, when we had like four or five, it was like, it was a toss up. Any of them could have won. I feel like the bops were bopping yeah. in this section. So like overall it was strong. The bops were unbelievably strong and it was just, yeah. just really hard to stand out against so many good options. If you were into the more high energy entries, you had so many to choose from. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think we discussed this kind of partway through the songs getting out where it was like where we hadn't had any bops released, really. And it was like, yeah. this is kind of boring. Like, what's with all the ballads? Just ballad after ballad. And also all of the single female soloist ballads. Mm -hmm. I don't think that necessarily helped where it was like you were kind of comparing a lot of like you had a lot of apples to apples, which was the bops and bops. And then you had a lot of oranges and oranges, which was the more introspective slow song songs and mm -hmm. you know between the two groups like just one rose above the other i think yeah yeah but this was my favorite ballad for sure oh i mean by far it was by my far. second place so i mean it was yeah um well speaking of ballads next up we had estonia hoya mekoku uh i actually thought this was amazing i really did i thought especially because I, I did learn, like, after the fact that I guess she was, like, feeling sick. She was, you know, she oh, wasn't no. doing her best. And I thought she actually, I mean, she she sounded great for the most part. The staging I thought was so cool. I was getting Wednesday Adams. I don't know if that was the reference, but her look, like, the outfit with the white collars and the black dress. First of all, so cool. It was so cool. I was like, oh, you know when they have a great stage outfit and I always do, like, recreations? And I'm like, oh, if I had gotten that in the season, I would have recreated that. That would have been sick. Little, yeah. And then the lighting and like the way they did the kind of stained glass window vibe. It was very dark. This girl can perform. Like the way she, when she turned to the camera, she said, one, two, 
whatever. And she just like, ah, you, she was given a performance like stronger than I see adults doing. I was like, this girl is like a star. Um, like she did so good. What a great first entry, I feel like for Estonia too. Absolutely. I mean, not a, an amazing result, but it was a great entry. And I think it was a, a good way for them to step in. And I don't think that they were expecting to come top five or anything in a in a premiering song. Um, yeah. So I, I, this was another one, though, where it just kind of, I think, just got a little bit lost in the others. Yeah. And it I didn't still, help that yeah. it was right before Armenia. Yes. So speaking of Armenia, oh my gosh, these <laughs> girls are crazy. Like they were insane. They sounded great. I and I think that there was like a lot of comparison to Armenia and the UK, and and you could tell these girls were like doing all the crazy choreo. They sounded amazing. It was, and I was scared because of the clip that they they chose. I thought the clip they chose like from rehearsals or whatever was not the best of them from camera angles and that sort of thing. But like right off the gate, like the camera angles were dynamic. They were constantly moving the staging with the graffiti and their outfits, like the, the motocross kind of vibe. It was like mm-hmm. so cool. All like went together perfectly, like fully thought out. Then this damn dragon came out. But why the dragon, first of all? They didn't why? need the dragon. They didn't, didn't need it. Didn't need it. Made no sense. And the issue was, was you could tell they thought, oh, we got this. Oh, hold on. We got a little surprise. This little dragon. And then they just kept cutting the camera to the dragon. And you couldn't even see the girls doing full choreo. And the dragon was static. Like, it's not like it was yeah. a, like animatronic dragon. It didn't have smoke coming out of its nose, which they yeah. easily could have done. You didn't need to have fire with the dragon. All they had to do was put a smoke machine in its head. And it could have had smoke yeah. come out the nose, which would have been really cool. But I don't know how the dragon connected to the song. No. Did I it? Don't... Like, I don't know if that's in the lyrics and I just missed it. But um, I... Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I did. I. I. I didn't. I think it could have used a little bit of. It could have used a little bit more, or they could have used a little bit less. Yeah. And taken that. I. I didn't mind like if they had the dragon, but the issue was was, I felt like the best. Well, not, I don't want to say the best part of the song, but like that big moment at the end where they're doing the whole like dance breakdown, and you know, like, then why why was the camera on the dragon? And there, there yeah. should have never been a point where you only saw the dragon. Like at that point, you should. And those girls were dancing. They like, were. Keep the camera on them. But they oh my still, god, the uh, the camera yeah. angles were out of this world. That was like, uh, that was like other than the whole dragon thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That was like a masterclass on what you should do if you want to do really dynamic mm-hmm. uh, camera angles because I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like it yeah. was just, it was keeping me on the edge of my seat watching all those fast cuts and movements. Yeah. And that's the way this song is and that's the energy of the song and it, and it worked so perfectly and it was so, so well done. Like, mm. It was a, like that top three. What a strong year. It's actually it's hard. It, it's hard for me to say like like girl. I want all three of them to win three way tie. 1969. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, let's do it. Uh, which was the last time Spain hosted. Um, <laughs> but 
Yeah, Armenia, amazing. They like they met my expectations. They were they were really good. Like, yeah, third place made me sad, in a way. Yeah. I mean, but again, it's like one of those things where you look at the the tube above them and you're like, well, they also deserve to win. But you know, such a brilliant entry. Um, but I feel like Armenia will win again in a few years uh, if they keep this momentum up. Now, your country, Poland. Let me tell you, girl, they ate this up. They ate this up. And I do not like the song. I was gobsmacked. I thought I was watching this like, wow, I really, you know what? I just need a friend too. I, I, I'm i feeling what she's say, selling to me. They put everything into this. They put everything into this little song. They had pyro. Her little outfit was, and you know what? Her outfit, I don't know if you remember it, the green dress she had in the postcard. Oh, she slayed that it was so she and her vocals were some of the best of the night they were so good i love okay it. Uh, honestly um i don't know if maybe i was in the bathroom or maybe i was arguing with somebody on twitter maybe it was time for cookie to get her pill when poland was on because i actually don't really remember this performance and what? like i'm hearing you say like oh that they fucking slayed and i'm like i can't even visualize this performance oh, i can, no, can hear the slayed. song in my head they had like she had all these dancers like like they put everything into this and it it, and it none of it felt out of place either because like for a song like this like you like me saying all these things like they make no sense but like they made sense the led was so cute they had like pictures of family and they had like you know childhood photos and it was just like it really like it made you feel what she was singing like it felt like a very personal thing it and it was one of those ones where like every I feel like everybody was like, you know what? Ain't nobody really loved this song beforehand. But everybody was kind of like, OK, wait a second, Polda, you kind of ate that up. <laughs> ah. Yeah, I mean, I guess P Poland is maximalist when it comes mm. to their Eurovision stagings. That's Let's true. Just say that they really throw it all at the stage. And you know what respect to them because they they ain't ever going to get the allegations that they just put their their artists on stage and do give them nothing they oh, certainly no. give them everything <laughs> they maybe overdo it at times yes and and speaking of like a lot and and you know dramatics uh georgia who uh, it's the same way they always have something crazy going on on that stage and this year was no different i thought that this was really really good i feel like again it just was like that more mature like style of singing especially like because ireland kind of had this opera vibe and then this had that what is this like polyphonic is that what they call it yeah. polyphonic um that kind of thing that like is more i don't know it's just like a more mature kind of style of song that you wouldn't expect a child to be singing in. Um, and maybe children aren't, don't find themselves listening to that style of music often. So I do in a way understand it not responding to the views, but this was amazing. I feel like actually this wasn't one of my favorite songs, but it's one of those ones like seeing it live and like really hearing the, the fact that those kids can sing that well 
is insane. Like, crazy. Oh, well, I'm so glad to hear that it grew on you through the performance. I mean, I, I liked this one from a moment it came out. And I know that we kind of, this was one of the ones that we differed on a little bit. I really liked mm. it. You didn't like it as much. Um, I loved the performance. I mean, yeah. I love it when people take risks. Whatever those cone things were that yeah. they had, that was very risky. I think a lot of people didn't understand it. I thought it was great. It was just so over the top. Yeah, was it like meant to be like the whole flying vibe, right? Well, I mean, I think it was part of that kind of like visual identity that they had in the music video where it was just like a little bit supernatural. It was a little bit larger than life. It was a little bit confusing and magical. Yeah. It was giving um, me like the wet, like um, fins on a fish. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see that. It kind of had like the ribbing uh, to it. Yeah. Um, I thought it was great. And I... I I got the same vibe from this one that I had said also about Ireland, that there was something about it that felt very theatrical. And I mm -hmm. think it would have some would have been something that came off a lot better in a theater type scenario where you have like these big, crazy props. And if you're in the room yeah. with it, it's going to feel very impactful, but maybe it just wasn't really translating as well for TV. But, oh, I just loved it. I just, I, and yeah. like you said, their singing was incredible. Yeah, it. I mean, maybe the best vocals of of the whole. I don't know. There were a lot of really good vocals this yeah, this year. But very good, but strong, very impressive. Um. So next up was Portugal, where I belong. One of my faves of this year. Uh, terms of the song, I love the song so so much. I didn't love the staging personally. I didn't love what they gave her. Um, I thought she did really good, but I did feel like um, I understood what they were doing with the dress. I thought the dress was too clunky and big. And also, this is one that could have actually done a little bit better with simplified staging. A little bit too much, like, I felt like it was a lot of, like, because she was the only one on stage, it's like, her having to do all that stuff herself and her having to like have this huge dress and she's ripping all these pieces off, which was like a fun idea. But it's kind of like this thing in drag queen world where you know when somebody has a reveal because it's like, you could tell they have layers and layers and layers yeah. on top of each other. And um, I just felt like almost like your her focus is on that, you know, doing all those things, wearing this this big dress and... And that's kind of where their mind goes. Whereas if she had something a little more simplified, she could maybe really pull the emotion in her facial expressions and her performance, as opposed to like thinking about like, okay, I got to rip the dress off now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I didn't think this, the, what they did for her was, I don't think it, it, it didn't amplify this entry for me. I really feel like they like, they kind of just left her out there with all these things for her to do. And when yeah. I really just wanted her to stand up there and belt and just be like, this one felt very real and authentic. And, and so I kind of feel like the simplified thing would have worked a little better for her. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And I feel like um, I, I get, you know, conceptually how you kind of like shedding the mm -hmm. outer layers, finding, you know, where you belong, being more comfortable in your skin. That all does make sense. I think that is a bit more appropriate for an adult. And I think the undressing of a teenager on stage is just, I don't know. I, I don't think that she needed to do that. You know, yeah. you, you don't have to. And, and I'm not saying that in like a sexualizing way. Like, I just don't think, I just don't think it was necessary. They they could have just put her in a really nice dress. Yeah. And, and there could even have been ways if they wanted to kind of have that. Well, the issue too is like, okay, well, yeah, she's, she's shedding these layers to uh, be her most comfortable self, but she kind of looked uncomfortable for half the song because of that. Um, and and they could have delivered that message in a different way, I just, I feel like. They could have had her in a structure or something like in this thing, I don't know. That would Maybe have been like amazing. Maybe like pieces are coming off of that. Or like um, uh, Manhisa had, where she was mm -hmm. in that thing, that kind of, that dress yeah. that kind of moved around with her and then she just walked out of the dress. That mm -hmm. thing was really cool. Or even uh, uh, UMK a couple years ago, they had that really awesome interval act. And mm -hmm. the girl was walking around in like this big fake skirt thing. And then Ooh. she just kind of walked from the outside of this fake skirt thing. Mm -hmm. If they would have done something like that where it wasn't like she had to actually have the weight of all of those items on her. And yeah. Take take them off like to just be able to to actually like break free from a thing would have been more impactful would have been more comfortable yeah missed an opportunity there yeah because that's the thing is like well okay she it was a tiered tool dress and we remove one tier and it's still a tiered tool dress and you remove another and it's it's still a tiered tool dress and then you remove another and it's it's just a tool dress without the tears <laughs> Like, it wasn't, like, an impactful reveal in that way, too. Um, so, it just made me sad because I really love the song. And, again, it's, like, she was a really good performer. And I just, I would have loved it, something different um, to how they presented it. But she did a great job as well. And, and it still was one of my, you know, it's still one of my favorite songs of this year. I'm still listening to it nonstop. Okay. <laughs> um. And I loved an interview that she did, or um, the little uh, green room, like, break to her, and they did their little interview with her. And I loved what she said about um, the importance of her representing Portugal and how she can represent all the Portuguese people who maybe, um, like, from all around the world, because I yeah. believe she, like, lives in the U.S. or mm -hmm. something like that. And, and being able to represent Portuguese communities um, from around the world is, is also important. And that spoke to me, because... I want to represent Ireland and represent the Irish communities around the world that were forced out of our country during the potato famine. Um, you know, <laughs> so that spoke to me. Um, and actually after speaking of green rooms, after uh, Miss Portugal's performance, they cut and they did a little interview with Arhana and she told a cute little story about how she ran in to Fia at the Frankfurt airport and they made plans to hang out in Estonia because I guess Fia has some family that lives in Estonia. So cute. Yeah. I'm like, that's adorable. 
We love Man, to hear. Fia has become friends with everybody. Right? And she gives those vibes. She just she, uh, she seems like she's everybody's friend. Yeah. So next up to perform. Oh, this was a big one for Rance. Yeah, our winner. So, yeah. So, of course, she ended up winning. And this performance, this was insane. You know, when you watch some performances and you just feel like, wow, this could be an adult Eurovision and this could win adult Eurovision and this could get top five in adult Eurovision. Like this was so well done. It wasn't even my favorite song. Like it was pretty low in my top. It might've been in my top 10, but it was not super high in it for me. But this sold it for me. The the LED, the visuals were all amazing. The LED, um, like the wall of all those lights that created this like room surrounding the piano, the heart-shaped piano that also had lights on it. All the dancers, that bright pink mirrored dress, like all the visuals were so strong. Vocals, flawless, like legit sounding like the studio track. Oh, it was just so good. I mean, like I, and in my reaction, those are my real reactions. Like I was watching them live and filming my reactions live as the show was airing. And I said, after I reacted to that, I was like, oh, this is winning. Like, I was like, this is a winner's performance right here. Yeah, I mean, when I watched it, I was like, okay, I was I was really good. Still wasn't one of my favorites, so I did not vote for it. Um, mm. But neither, I feel but... <laughs> like basically my opinion of this one never really changed from my initial reaction, which was basically like, it's really solid. It's pretty good. And... Uh, actually, if I recall correctly, someone was very upset with me in the comments over what I said about France. Really? Um, because what I said was, France likes to meet our expectations, but they never really exceed our expectations. And I still feel that way about this song. It's great. She did a great performance. It was so polished but it didn't give us anything new. Yeah. It was just a really catchy, nice, good Franco pop song. Mm -hmm. And, um, but for me, that's kind of where it ends. She was, she was great. She deserved her win. Um, but I didn't, it, it lacked like a, it lacked a wow factor. It lacked a hook for me. Like, I can't even think of what the hook of the song is. Ma, ay, 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 ay. <laughs> me. Yes. Yeah, okay. See, but it just sounds like it could be so many other things. Buddy. It's just, I don't know. It's just not Yeah, I mean. I think you had this. Well, maybe you didn't. I don't even remember where I had it. Did you have it in I, your top ten? I think I gave it like two points because it is good. Because it is good. It's just yeah. not great. I just don't think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And see, here's here's my issue with that is I do agree with that. But then, you know, they've won three years, three times in the last four years. So why should they change? You know, well, they keep winning. Well, and and that was kind of my point the first time around was like they just play it safe they play it very safe and whenever they do take risks it actually doesn't really work out for them like it didn't work out for them when they sent Alvin and Ahez 
And that was a big risk. That was very different from what they normally kind of send. And they sent something safe and it worked for them. Last year, they sent something extremely safe and it worked for them. And I expect next year they're going to send something extremely safe and they might not win again, but it's probably going to work for them. Yeah. And it sucks because their best entry is their worst result. It's a fib, bim, bam, boom, it's a fib, it's a fib, boom, it's a fib, bim, bam, boom, damage, it's a fish, any, blah, blah, which was featured oh in Fortnite, but anyways. Um, <laughs> ah. So speaking of Fortnite, next up was Albania. There is no you relation. I just, said that. <laughs> I just said that. I just said that. Just feeling a little goofy. <laughs> um, uh, yes, so Albania was next up. This was, I mean, her vocals, crazy. Vocals, vocals, vocals. She sounded so good. And this was kind of the underdog, I feel like, that ended up performing really well. This one in uh, uh, Poland, I feel like a lot of people didn't have high expectations for them, but they actually ended up performing pretty well, um, like in result result wise as well. Well, you know, I like this one from the get go. For the first time I heard it, I thought it was great. And I feel like this was one of those uh, situations where like consistency, I think, helped her in the end. Mm-hmm. So like she had the I think it was kind of like a live vocal video. She had a music video and then she had her live performance. And I felt like they were all equally good. And I thought she was great on stage. I liked the dress with the sleeves. I thought that was really cool. And um, it wasn't like an amazing super wow result. But again, this was one of those uh, slower, uh, low tempo songs. And um, actually, when you when you look at the final results, I was gonna say she came in eighth place. It did the best of all of the ballads. Well, I guess Poland did a little bit better, but uh, Poland came in sixth place. That's crazy. So it did. It was one of the better ballads, and I'm not sure if many people would have pegged that as having one of the best ballad results beforehand. So actually, I feel like a little. You know what? I feel like I was you on the, the right one, track girl. with this one. I saw I knew from the beginning that there was something with this song. I thought that that they had something there and I was right. Well, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved Poland, so I was a little right with that. Yeah. Um, that's well, true. after the fact, I'll say. You loved her from the OG. Um mm-hmm. well, next up was Italy. Um and this again like vocals were like the main highlight for me i i just don't really understand the song i think that's my general response to watching this one is i feel like everything is very like i don't know nothing goes together for me like the way they're singing versus their performance versus their visual that they're delivering with them like in this like kind of fake house almost like a dollhouse and you've got them in like I don't know one's in like schoolgirl clothes and the other one's just in like regular clothes but then they're like belting and performing and they're like and they're like they're like really serving like emotion and stuff but but then I'm like I'm not getting that energy from the visuals so I'm just left confused 
as to what the message is, as to what we're like, is it about friendship? Because, girl, they were given some drama. Like. Yeah, I did not get this one mm-hmm. at all. Uh, I never liked the song really from the beginning. They were fine as singers. I did not understand the outfits. Yeah. I was like, I was like, did their luggage get lost? <laughs> and they had to like go with what they wore on the plane. Like, what is, what is happening here? Um, yeah. It was just this one was a miss. This one, this one was a, a miss for Italy. I'm not sure. And it's kind of weird because like they normally kind of at least at least they'll put the people in really nice clothes. Yeah, they had them in like regular. I don't even want to say regular. I know I'm not buying that they would wear those in real life. You know, <laughs> like they were like stage costumes for like. I don't know. I don't know. Like early 2000s, like movie, kids movie, like Disney Channel. Oh, Weird. yeah. The green one was very spy kids. Yeah. Like I really it's just like it's like. And that's just been my thing for, from the beginning with the song is like. Every aspect feels like they don't connect. Yeah. So then I'm truly lost as to what the message was. In some ways, I almost feel like, like if this kind of staging, you know, different, but like this vibe of what the visual they were doing for Portugal would have made more sense to me. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. 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 Um, next up, Germany. My girl Fiat. Anna Forte. I'd never I did not learn a single bit, but um <laughs> for people who are listening on uh Spotify or watching on YouTube without video, uh, I just did the signing for the the chorus. I've been trying to learn it very slowly, but it actually is really difficult to learn yeah. sign language to a song, especially because it's not just learning the signs, it's in fucking German. Yeah. I don't speak German, so if the words were in English, like, and I I, I would be able, to, but instead of You could, learning, like, learn each, yeah. I'm learning the German words, and I'm learning the German sign language, because it also is in a specific type of German language sign language. It's not mm. in international sign language. Yeah. Well, she ate this up. Staging? Stunning. Oh, my Loved God. The, the darkness and then the glowing pink and orange on her was like, oh, I love the, I love any entry that when they stage it this way, where it kind of. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. I love any entry, like when they stage it this way, where it just automatically creates a story and a build to the, Mm -hmm. to, to the whole performance because it starts out kind of dark and you've just got these glowing neon lights, but then there's like these twinkling gold lights in the background and you've got this big structure and you see the other dancer girl in the background as well. And just like, then they come together then they got a dance break. So cute. Girl, so unnecessary, like, but absolutely adorable. Yeah. It was just so good. And radiating positivity, like she always does through the whole performance. You just can't help but watch that and just smile. It was amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it, she was so great. Um, the only thing is, I have to say, when 
they did the recap. Hmm. I I knew that she wasn't gonna get like a super amazing placement. I could just really I had once I saw them all together. Not to say that I love the song any less, but it was one of those things where it wasn't about her. You could tell that actually the sound quality during that performance was the worst technical quality mm. of the entire night. When you watch that recap, every time she came on, I like clenched up because it was so clear yeah. that the one right preceding her and the one right after her had really impeccable sound and something oh. was up with her sound. And oh. um, and I know that she had problems in the rehearsals as well. She was getting an echo. I don't know if she had an echo on the night. Or Y'all set my girl up. And and maybe and maybe it's all in my head, but I don't think it is because they did the recap a few times. And every time they did the recap, I was like, shit, like something's no, not right here. Yeah. Cause anytime things like that happen where I'm like, well, hold on, wait a second. Why is everybody else fine? And you can't get this one person together. Like, and if it was a problem that was so bad, like if she was unable to hear herself or something, they would have probably let her perform again. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what was going on. I, it, let us know in the comments if you also thought that there was something up with her sound quality, because something just, it, mm. it didn't seem right compared to the other songs, which sounded like studio level great. Again, and I don't think it had anything Damn. to do with Miss yeah. Well, I loved her, and I'm not gonna lie, she was in my top three after this performance. Oh, I'd love to hear it. You know, yeah, I, I love yeah. To hear it. I think which it means was... that she probably could have been our winner, actually, for our joint yeah. slay uh, jury if she had been your third. Hmm. See, because like I don't know what it was. Like, I mean, I always did love the song, but I thought this performance was just gorgeous. Like, I really, really loved this this performance. Also, one like thing that I didn't notice. Um, well, it's not that I didn't notice it, but I felt like it was more like I could hear it better was the. What is it? The backing vocals when they're like, oh, what is what is it? What does when they say without the words, mean? without words, you could hear it a lot more in the live performance, which I liked because it was like, you know, you understood a little more of the story just by hearing that. You know what? I listened to that song on repeat, and when I watched the performance, I was like, oh, shit, did they add that English bit in? Yeah. Because I truly never noticed it. Maybe because I yeah. was always too busy singing on a bulletin right along with it, but I literally never noticed it all the times I listened to that song, my winner, all the times I listened to it. Yeah. And then they, they, like, really boosted it in the in the live performance. I noticed that, mm -hmm. too. But I, I love that aspect. Um, I thought this was great. Yeah, this Spain and Armenia were probably my top three after all things were said and done. Um, yeah, and my you top know, three were this Spain and Ukraine. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I feel that. And last to perform was the Netherlands, and again, just amazing. Like this was. Just such solid performers, like professional performance. Everybody hit their marks. I'm sorry. She was given drag queen with her hair <laughs> in the best way possible. But, you know, some people just 
you know, they just put their hair in a ponytail. You could tell whoever did her hair said, no, 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 we're on stage. You're getting big ponytail, piece added, <laughs> braid around it. They went all out. <laughs> she she was given Selena with her jumpsuit. Like, she was serving. They were both oh. serving. You know I loved that jumpsuit. Like, you saw me wear multiple days in a row my silver head-to-toe three-piece suit. Give me head-to-toe sequins. I'm going to eat it up like a Thanksgiving buffet. I'm telling Mm -hmm. you. I uh, I wanted that outfit so bad. I'm like, oh, no. Right right at the holiday, I bet I could find myself a bright red sequin outfit. Yeah. Check out ASOS. I'm sure they they got everything. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. Oh, and it'll be on (laughs) sale in a month. Exactly. Yeah, this was just really good. Um, One thing I forgot about was there were like some technical issues like with the Netherlands. They had one of their pyros wasn't working. So only one side of the stage was lit up with pyro and the other side. And apparently, so I thought, so with, um, I forgot to mention this when we talked about Portugal, but at the end, apparently her LED is supposed to be all, like, white. Like, it's supposed to, like, be lit up. But it was all black. And Ooh. I didn't notice because the performance started out with, like, a black kind of dark LED. But I did point out in my reaction, I was like, oh, there's one one panel of the LED is, like, all white. I thought that was the mess up. Not the whole LED <sighs> except for the one panel was lit up so her whole background was supposed to be lit up and it just the led did not work it was fully off yeah well there was another pyro mishap i think it was with poland and Mm -hmm. it one of the uh like cannon sparks like did not go where it was supposed to go and i don't know if it i don't think it actually hit the backup dancer but it looked like like it went toward oh my god it, it, was, it was supposed to go like up and away and it went like into the stage that is terrifying yeah i i didn't notice it at the time obviously i don't even remember the performance but i saw someone had posted a clip and they were like did i just watch a, a backup dancer get maimed by a rocket like what's <laughs> happening here that's like we got to get rid of pyro i guess Engineer, yeah. people use pyro very often. Engineer, my god, that then. doll head just you just adjusted how you're sitting, and just all of a sudden, I see this baby doll head pop up. <laughs> so, I'm gonna have nightmares. Oh my god, I was look never at her feet, they look early. like they look like um elephant feet. <laughs> it looks like there's more than five toes on there, too. What's going on with that creepy doll? There's five. She's I never had dolls. I never really even cared for Barbie. So like it's so funny I hated to Barbie, like, but... see you. I had my favorite Barbie ever was a, a mermaid Barbie where when you put her tail under warm water, it would change colors. Mm-hmm. I love those. Well, so that was all the performances. They were great. Yeah. Great show. And really great show. Amazing show overall. Yeah. Like France ate that up. They're just Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there wasn't really a lot of, other than those like little technical things. There wasn't a lot to complain about in terms of their their hosting in general. I mean, like everything went really smoothly this year. It was great. And we did have some interval acts. So first to perform was Lisandro, and he performed his winning entry, Omaman. And they kind of went with this kind of like 1950s, Grease kind of vibe. He came out in a car. car. 
Yeah. It was really cute. I thought it was a cute little like amplified version of his performance. It kind of reminded me. I was like, oh, this was a really good entry. I'm not going to lie. This was really good. And his vocals are crazy. And I remember thinking, you know, a lot of interval acts just lip sync. And I was thinking, oh, maybe it was a lip sync. But then like he at one point he was he was so into the dancing his mic went away from his face and like his vocals like you you know it like faded away and i was like oh my god that vocal is crazy this kid is so talented those vocals are just like i don't know insane insane um just just really good really cute and then he's adorable yeah his personality is crazy but, you know, I feel like between the, the two of them, Lissandro and uh, this year's winner, I actually feel like thinking back, I had kind of the same reaction at the results. Although last year, I didn't necessarily have one that I was super invested in the way that I was with like Spain and Germany this year. So I didn't feel I didn't feel as like let down that my winner didn't win last year. But I remember when they chose him and announced him as the winner, just being like, good choice like okay like yes that is that was a that was a good song that was a good performance that was a that's a good winner right there and i feel like that was i kind of felt the same way but neither of them were my faves yeah i agree i mean you know that's what it it makes it hard because it's like okay yeah you were like solid you were amazing you were great amazing but i think junior eurovision sometimes it has sometimes their winners are just like kind of they feel like the safe choice and it feels like sometimes this people bringing something like a safe entry gets more rewarded than it does in in eurovision um except for with melena queen melena um or Lori did everyone because well yeah i'm talking about junior eurovision. Been, <laughs> yeah but but i mean as far as getting yeah yeah, yeah. Like, that was one situation where you definitely they definitely got rewarded for having an extremely safe song. Sending Laureen with like a Swedish pop hit, like that was the safest thing that they ever could have done, and it did actually pay off for them. Yeah, yeah. Well, then next up to perform was Amir, and this was a mess. I thought after. Honestly, Lisandro kind of like killed that performance, like fully conceptual, like had a whole story. And then why they got fucking Amir out here performing his Eurovision entry and also another one of his songs, which was kind of a bot. But they got him performing on a freaking like jungle gym, like <laughs> playground. I was like, the, OK, I know it's junior Eurovision, but like, why was his performance more childish than the actual ch- like any of the children's performances? It was a mess. They had those fucking car sales. I was dying. I was like, what are y'all doing? I was like, he'll be really down bad. Those car dealership wiggle worms were so weird. They, I don't know. I, I truly don't know what they were thinking with that. It was definitely, it was definitely giving like, like PBS like kids yeah. hour with the staging jungle gym situation he looked like he did not want to be there like he was not giving up performance and i, and I remember his oh. performance 
at Eurovision because I really liked it. He felt like he had a lot of charisma, like he was, you know, very, you know, like you felt like, you know, connected to him, like he was looking at you through the TV. I was what I was watching was a, a old man going through the motions. Yeah. He ain't is even what that old, by like. the way. He's not even that old, but that like it truly felt like someone who can't be fucking bothered. And I'm yeah. like, why is he why is he here? They should have just given Lissandro a second song or a third song to sing. Yeah, and I and I think, you know, a lot of people were disappointed because they thought their Eurovision entrant might possibly make a little per- appearance because they were announced so early that maybe he oh, would yeah. have actually been able to perform. And I mean, I would have loved that just because I really do like a lot of his other music. Um, and I don't know, it would have been cool to showcase him. It would have been cool to showcase Lazada. Um, or even have like a message like so, just like something that they could yeah. drop in somewhere just to say, you know, good luck to the winner. Like blah, blah. Eurovision is happening. Cause they do that. Like with Eurovision, we'll have the junior Eurovision person come on stage yeah. and say like, make sure you watch junior Eurovision this winter. Um, but yeah, nothing from him and nothing from Lazada. So that is yeah. actually weird. And they usually do like, I mean, not every year of course, but uh, there's a, I mean, a lot of years they do include the like, the previous years because i mean like armenia like they had rosalind there when they hosted you know and stuff like that because it's kind of like the cool it's just kind of cool how like that artist they may not have won eurovision but they get to have their little you know reprise anyways at a, yeah, a, a contest yeah. yeah and lazada was such a good representative it's not like she did bad so like why not invite her you know why would we bring a mirror i don't know we did not need him here and then they had a uh, French pianist and TikTok personality Van Tonton, I don't know, um, come out and do a little moment. And um, this was the moment where I was like, girl, we only speak in French. I don't know what's going on. Can we, <laughs> like, I don't know what is happening here. No translation, anything. Um, they did that. They performed that song. It's like, I don't know. I, like, I was also, because I saw you post it on Twitter, like, what is this song? And I remember listening to it. I'm like, I know that I know yeah. this song, but I just can't put my finger on what it is. Like, I couldn't even, like, Google it for myself. Like, Yeah, it, I was trying to Google it forever, and I couldn't find it. My issue was, I was like, it doesn't sound like French, but I was like, why are they performing an Italian song? Like, I didn't get the connection. <laughs> I don't know why yeah. they performed that. And then they performed, like, All I Want for Christmas is You. <laughs> like, I was like, what are we doing here? <laughs> I did. I also, I thought that part was just a little bit weird because, like, the way that the audio works on this TV show is that they, like, they make it so that it's hard to hear the audience. So if you're trying mm-hmm. to make the audience sing, they need to bring up those uh, ambient yeah audio levels and they didn't do it so it was just that like anti-boo technology this anti-boo technology you were just watching this french lady holding her microphone out to a crowd and then just kind of like faint mumbling from the crowd i thought it was weird it, it didn't work to me yeah and and fun fact about uh this person this tiktoker is i've definitely seen him on tiktok he's like huge on tiktok like i mean like tens of millions of followers um and he 
had a viral video with Zoe, the representative from this year who ended up winning. He, it's his second most viewed video. It has like 200, almost 200 million views. And it's of her singing Tattoo. It's like a fake candid moment. I don't really like mm. it. I don't like I don't TikTokers like, like this where they're like, oh, he's in the middle of a mall playing a piano and somebody comes up to say, could you play Tattoo by Lorin? And, and he's like, oh, can you play it for me? And then she plays like two bars and he's like, I got it. Da-da-da-da. And then all of a sudden, Zoe pops up. She was just a random person sitting on a ta- at, at a table in this um, coffee shop. And then she, no, I don't care about the mall. <laughs> That's but corny. Was, it is corny, but people eat that shit up on TikTok. Yeah. And this was, and that was before she was announced as the representative. So it was, you know, cute. Um, cute to see them, you know there um and then after that everybody came out to do this little performance of we are the world weird weird as fuck um so first of all just a weird choice i mean why are we singing we are the world it was so random um because think it's about we are the world first of all those were four specific causes the like what two times they did that they were for specific causes like it was like to raise money for this specific thing um so this was in collaboration with the nonviolence project and it was celebrating 30 years of the nonviolence project which by the way the presenter misspoke and he said 20 years but i did <laughs> go on i was doing research and it was 30 years um but the so I thought it was really cute that they had Angelina, Valentina, Enzo, Lisandro all come out and do this little performance. I was gagged by Enzo because, like, Valentina still, to this day, looks like her nine-year-old self. And Enzo came out, and I didn't even, I couldn't even tell it was him. And he was more recent than Valentina, and he looked like he aged 30 years. Um, not 30 years, you know, but... It just was, I was like, whoa, I couldn't even tell that was him. Um, But that was cute. And then they had all the representatives come out. And it was kind of funny because (laughs) because Jessica from Ireland, she had this big dress. And actually in the rehearsals, they did have her put a shirt on over the big dress. But then I feel like it was even more awkward because she came out holding a sign while everybody else had a t-shirt on. The the t-shirt thing, I have to say, brought up a really traumatic memory for me from the fifth grade. So when I went into fifth grade, I went from like this kind of like a non-standard school, let's say, like an experimental school, elementary school. I had never been in public school before. I didn't know that they had dress codes in public schools. Mm. So fifth grade, first day comes, I'm going to be meeting all these kids who don't know me. And I've always been a fashionista. So I wanted to look very cute. And I, I still remember exactly what the outfit was. It was a little pink shirt and it had like little ruching in the front and these tiny little cap sleeves and all the edges had like this pink velvet trim on them it was so cute i was feeling myself first period comes i get called to the office and they make me put this oversized Mm. white t-shirt on over my cute outfit ruining my my Coming to the new school outfit, I looked like an idiot for my entire first day. Uh, I was 
humiliated. And when I saw the picture of her with that shirt on over the gown, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, no, they can't make her do that for the final. They cannot make her yeah. do that. Evil, evil. How dare yeah. they? <laughs> Did your school have like, like a dress code as in like a uniform or just like it was it was actually just one of those typical like very sexist like all of the rules basically applied to girls that you couldn't yeah. have sleeve you couldn't show your shoulders you couldn't show your belly your skirt had to be a certain length type of thing of course of course yeah well um but uh, okay there I'll just speak on this. I thought this was really weird for several reasons. I thought, first of all, just given like, given the circumstances like in the world and in Europe, um, this was awkward because in relation to Eurovision, I think there's a lot of calls on Eurovision to like, you know, maybe speak on these things, maybe disqualify a country. And, you know, that's what, and, and I thought it was strange to come out and do this performance that promotes this idea that maybe like a country or uh, honestly, maybe a couple countries that are still in Eurovision um, maybe don't really uphold those standards. And, um, but they're going to come out here and like pretend like that's like a cause that they're truly like care about. And what I thought yeah. was really weird was when I went to this organization and I did some research on them. And so they're like this whole, it's called the Nonviolence Project. It's their whole thing is like, not just like nonviolence in like communities and stuff like that, but also around the world. They talk about political events. They talk about countries enacting laws and stuff like that to like prevent all these things. Um, not a single, and it doesn't matter what side you are on, on the, you know, Israel, Palestine, whatever. That it, no, We're not talking about either side. They have not made a single anything about it and, and that's like, weird because it's been going on for decades yeah nowhere on their website you search israel palestine hamas gaza any of the key words nothing literally not a peep as if it doesn't exist how's your organization supposed to be about like education on these types of things unjust violence whatever but you're you don't you don't have anything about that weird but you got a lot of posts about selling your bracelets well, you know, a lot of these charities are really, they're more about, they're more about making more money so that they can put out more ads so that they can make more money to put out more ads. St. Jude's is a company like this, where yeah. a lot of their operating budget is actually in advertising. Um, I, I also thought there was a lot of levels about the whole, we are the world thing that was weird. Um, and I, I think that, I don't think the EBU had anything to do with the decision to include this. It was all the French broadcaster, but it was a bit, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know if maybe, I don't know if tone deaf is the right word, but it just didn't, it just felt, it felt weird. I felt like if they wanted to put light onto issues of violence, they maybe could have done it a little bit more delicately than choosing we are the world and also there was someone and you know i really need to start keeping better track of when i see people making really good points so that i can credit them so i'm really sorry to the person who made this really excellent point that i'm about to basically steal from you um but this person said like we're at the stage now 
where the parents of the children singing We Are the World on the stage would have to look up the original context of We Are the World. That's how far mm. away we are removed from this song's origin. And yeah. I, I pulled it up it's from 1985, which was five years before I was born and I am old. So like I am absolutely the age of a parent who could have a child performing in Eurovision. If I had a 10, if, if I had a 10 year old child, that child would have been born when I was 23 and plenty of people have babies when they're 23 years old. That's true. So. So I could be that parent that that person was saying <laughs> in their you know, was saying in their tweet that like I actually I did have to look up We Are the World because I kind of I I always I knew what it was like I can see Michael Jackson in my head and Lionel Richie in the studio he's singing with all the other people that you know because um, it was something that you know it just was part of like pop culture so for them especially also to that song was for Aid to Africa. What does that have to do yeah. with Eurovision, Junior Eurovision in 2023? Yeah, and that's that's what makes it weird is because if we, in the context of like European politics and stuff that's going on, like, I just feel like even if it was a different year, it's like right now it's just like such a hot topic and it feels like uh, a lot of people are calling on like statements in regards to it and and we're not getting them which is you know is in and of itself its own thing but it's just like maybe we didn't need to do that like and you know great message like of course it's like a great message it's not like the point it's just kind of weird because it's kind of one of those things where it's like oh no like i don't know it's like do we really care like or do you really care you know about the thing that you're singing about or like what are you singing about like what's the message we're trying to deliver here yeah it is weird also because like michael jackson was very pro-palestine so i did not know that know. yeah also so, like, michael jackson not really the best choice for a children's contest i'm a big michael jackson hater okay just trust and believe y'all i i i will die on that hill um but he died yeah. first so Ooh. Shots fired. Um, no, I just, yeah, it is weird. Like, okay, we got the pedophile. The, they got the pedophiles, you know, for the kids' contest. Okay. I mean, Lionel <laughs> yeah, Richie's weird. cool, though. Like, he, his daughter's really cool. I love her, but. Um... Yeah, I love Nicole, too. I was a big fan of The Simple Life. <laughs> Me, too. I mean, That's when not... The Simple Life was on, I was, like, 12 13 like that was totally like me like i was yeah. definitely wearing the like little tiered hoochie skirts with the von dutch hats and oh i ate that up i loved uh nicole in paris this is my call to any um uh tv producer in finland even like a news organization if you guys would like to do a, a simple life in finland americans go to finland um with a drag queen and um, other American and her, and her friend <laughs> and, I, and her friend <laughs> um, the drag like, queen and the fag hag. Ooh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Cut that out. Cut that part out. Beep that out. Bleep that out. No. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like, I just think that'd be iconic. Um. Yeah. And totally. I actually that is one of my dreams is like some sort of travel. Like when I get like really famous, like some sort of travel drag queen travel thingy um 
then I think that'd be really fun for me to do. Like, cause I love being a drag queen in ordinary people's situations and like places, situations that like drag queens aren't supposed to be in. So like, imagine like we go to like, we go ice skating, we go, what are other fin Finnish activities? Oh, a reindeer farm. We go to a reindeer oh, farm. Oh, that would be so cool. Ule, Ule, please call us. Yes, oh my God. Like there are so many ideas. Like guys, let's just like spit off some things. Um, I, that would be so fun. That would actually be such a dream. So we're just putting that out there to anybody, you know, we know they're all listening. So, um, yeah. especially yeah. At, at the two hour mark of joint slays, junior Eurovision analysis. I know. Oh my gosh. Okay. So anyway, so all that happened. It is what it is. Um, then we went on to the results and you know, there were some gags in here for me, but mm -hmm. in the end, looking at it overall, for the most part, I'm not going to lie, it does make sense. Now, yeah. a few days later, honestly, um, you know, France won the jury and the televote. So at the end of the day, you know, ain't nobody could complain, you know, no. they didn't just Clear they didn't winner. Get carried by the jury. They didn't get carried by. But I mean, if we look at the points the online between, so Spain came in second for the online vote, but they came third in the jury. Armenia came second in the jury, but they came sixth in the televote. That was a gag. To me, that was a gag. Yeah. But looking at who was above Armenia, Netherlands, Germany! Germany! Came fourth in the televote. That is amazing. Amazing. That's amazing because Germany is not a country that like traditionally ever does well in Televote, like anywhere. Um, like they, they amazing. Like that is literally, that gives me hope. Like, cause then I'm like, uh, honestly, the thing I thought was going to underrate Germany was the Televote. And I'm Damn. so happy that wasn't the case. Ukraine came third in the online vote. Like, Exactly, exactly. Um, United Kingdom came seventh in the online vote. I feel like that's kind of shocking, but still good. I it's expected like, UK to get better in online than they did in jury, and that's not what happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, looking at, let's see. I, I feel like the bottom half of online voting, Ireland, Macedonia. I mean, I don't I don't think Ireland or Macedonia should have been the last of the online vote. That makes me sad, but I don't know. That whole bottom half makes sense, I guess. Here's the thing though. When you look at the bottom, let's just, actually, let's just even go with like the bottom Ireland with 34 points. The highest number of points, France was only 92. So yeah. that's actually a third of the amount of votes. So the distance between first place and last place within the public vote is actually, it's not like with adult Eurovision where it's literally where we're talking about hundreds of points here. You know, we're talking about a yeah. country getting three in the televote versus 450 in the televote. So mm -hmm. it's actually not like that terrible. I mean, to have, yeah. to have 33 versus 92, but then you look at the jury on the other hand and you have, Estonia with six, uh, Ireland with eight, and then France with 136, Armenia with 116. There is a really big difference there. And it's almost like two, yeah. to, like two to one. Like the yeah. jury gets 
way more votes than the online. That's, I guess that is, yeah, that is true because um, I guess the way that online votes work because of how they do the voting is it's kind of like all together. It's not like per country 12 points, you know, because mm -hmm. anybody can vote from all over the world and it's all just combined. And so then they take like the percentages of a certain amount of points and then distribute it, which the good thing about that is because of that, nobody can end with zero points because if you get votes, you're going to get points and everybody's right. going to get at least one, at least one vote. So your own country is going to vote for you. Yeah. So everybody's going to get, um, get points. But um, honestly, what shocked me more so is like Georgia, Ireland, Estonia getting the bottom three of the jury because they all had amazing vocals and like really good packages and and then being the last three is like crazy to me um georgia is this is um tied with their worst result ever wow. um just with their other song we need love which was a great entry when i looked that up i was like oh, really that was their worst love we need the love oh, a great song um yeah. Yeah. So I guess I don't really have anything else to say regarding the results. I mean, I, I think the results are what they are. Uh, maybe I'm a little bit surprised that Netherlands was so middle of the pack throughout the whole yeah. thing. Um, because I thought that they were like kind of a contender and they totally mm. weren't uh, in the end with the no. results. Uh, yeah, I was surprised but, to see the UK have such a good result. When it was when it was said that they were fourth, I was like, damn, I did not expect them to come fourth. Really? Hmm. I mean, you you expected them to be lower or higher? I I would flip Netherlands and U UK. Mm. I thought the Netherlands song and performance was much better than the UK song and performance. I disagree. Okay. I think. Well, fuck you. <laughs> like you. Said, oh, oh my god! I was absolutely dying when I watched your results reaction, and the first jury comes up, and you're like, "No points for Germany." Well, fuck you then. I was howling. I couldn't control myself. It was so damn funny. No points to Germany. Fuck you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> It was so real, so real for that one. <laughs> I love, I love that it was the first one too. Like it was just one jury. <laughs> and she cleaned up later in the public. Well, not so. in the jury though. She came no, in the public, in the public. Yeah, yeah. That was a big discrepancy. Got a problem with that. Cause she could have came top five if they like, you know, but she was bottom five for the jury, top five for the televote. Oh boy, was it painful for me because I kept counting the amount of people needed to be. And I was like, she might be on the left-hand side of the scoreboard. She might be there. But then she was first on the right-hand side of the scoreboard. So yeah. I was like, oh, damn it. But, um, but yeah, I think it was still, a, I think it was still a pretty good result. But so wait, yeah. who, uh, who did you vote for? Or how, what was your strategy with voting? Oh, so I, I voted for, Armenia, Spain, and Macedonia. And those were my top three. But actually, 
I watched like the rehearsal clips and pretty much from the rehearsal clips, I knew I was going to vote for Spain and um, Armenia because I thought those, I mean, they were my top three songs and I really love their overall staging and what they were giving. Macedo it was between then Macedonia, um, Germany, and Ukraine were the three I was torn on. And ultimately I gave it to Macedonia because I felt like, first of all, like they were very, I was seeing so much hate for them online at that point. And I was like, no, like they deserve points. This is a great song. And it was my second place, like the whole season. And, um, but I would have loved to, I, I should have voted for multiple de multiple devices, but so then I could have given points to Germany and Ukraine as well. But um, I mean, Macedonia needed it the most in the end. So I guess I'm happy I voted for them. So she got something, but, um, but yeah, that was, that was my strategy, I guess. I don't really, I don't like to vote for like, oh, I, this person needs these votes or whatever. Like, I'm just going to be, these are going to be my top three. Because I could have been like, well, Spain's getting all these votes from Spanish people, so I'm not going to give them votes. But no, no, because they're one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah, that was more or less how I voted too. I did vote on multiple devices and I did vote across multiple days. So I have, I have two cell phones. I have my regular phone, which is actually a phone uh, that has a phone number and it's an iPhone. And then I have a social media phone, which I only use on Wi-Fi. Um, it's got like a better camera and stuff, bigger screen. Um, and, uh, and I also voted on, on that. Um, but I had done on my iPhone, I voted the day before for uh, Spain, Germany, and Ukraine. And then the day of during the voting sequence, I voted on my iPhone and my Android phone for the same Spain, Germany, Ukraine. So I, I voted for each of those three, a total of three times. And then I went to my computer and from my computer, I put in one set of votes for North Macedonia, Albania, and Georgia mm -hmm. because I because I realized like okay I I like I kind of like I had like I really heavily voted for the bops but there were those other songs that I, I thought were really good and deserved some points so I wanted to give them a little bit of love so I sent yeah one set of points to North Macedonia Albania and Georgia yeah I will say though I think they need to figure out a better way to do voting mm -hmm. because also, viewing figures came out and like I think under 20,000 people watched in Ireland and like 2 million watched Ooh. in Poland. Like, the well, there's difference... a lot of people in Poland. Nobody thinks about Poland as being a big country. There's a lot of fucking people in Poland and it is a big country. It's one of the biggest countries and most heavily populated in Europe. So, yeah, I believe that that 2 million people watched. Also, Polish yeah. programming is not very good. So, uh, they do need some stuff to watch on a Sunday. Yes. I mean, it, but it's just like, you know, with that context, the thing is, then, you know, every single one of those Polish people are voting for Poland. And yes, they have to vote for two other countries. Mm -hmm. But but those two other countries is going to be different amongst everybody. But the one thing they will all have in common is that they're all going to be voting for Poland. And Ireland, you know, those smaller countries with less, smaller viewing figures are not going to be awarded those same, you know, kind of guaranteed votes, you know? Yeah. So, like, they have so much more of an uphill battle. 
And I don't know how they can do it. I mean, I'm going to be honest, like, take, like either do a rest of the world vote or take away my right to vote. Because if if you have to do that to make it fair so that people can't vote for their country, do that. Because, yeah, and and like you said, and I never even looked at that or thought of it. But you're right. The way looking at the uh, the breakdown of like last place got 34 points, first place got 92. It's so spread out that it's almost like makes the televote not as important. And it does almost feel like the jury gets more pull because of that. Def- I mean, it definitely does. The, yeah. the public is less important. And I don't know if the reason that they do the voting the way they do with like not needing to like have a login or a phone number. It, it's maybe it's because a lot of children, like I, I know that first of all, the EU has laws about like having children signing up for stuff um, online. But I know like my sister's kids, like they have tablets that can connect mm. to the internet. They watch YouTube on them and stuff. So like a, a kid does have access to a tablet with the internet where they can go to jesc.tv and they can very quickly, easily vote, do the quick little math problem and then have their votes counted. I struggle with whereas, that. <laughs> whereas like it would be a little bit harder if they had to like, you know, text message a code to a phone number and then you're dealing. So then you're actually voting from the yeah, parents' but, phone. And, um, so I think that's, I think that's why they do it that way. But like but we I voted, like, like I voted for the app, right? Like, did you vote through an app when you voted no. in Eurovision? Oh, I voted through an app. Wait, you're, oh no, Eurovision, I voted through an app. Yeah. So like you, they could definitely do it. But I think we agree to terms and services on that app. And I think if you're a minor, you can't agree to terms of service. Oh. They do need to come up with a better. So they need to come up with a better solution. I don't have the answers, though, for what they need to do. But my thing is, I mean, they used to do it that way, though. Like, this is only a recent development. And it only came when they started doing the online voting. So... They can do what they used to do, you know, go back to a real televote. Yeah. I feel like just because it is suspicious when a country has won three times in four years. It is like, you know, not suspicious. I'm not suggesting there was something nefarious, but of those countries automatically get a bigger boost because of that. It's just like an automatic votes that they get. And actually looking at the online vote, France, Spain, Ukraine, Germany, all really big countries yes, with lots of yeah. people. Netherlands, not super big, although it does kind of have but a lot they're of people. Big, they, have a, they have a bigger audience for junior year. Audience. Armenia, not a ton of people, but UK and Poland have a ton of people. Mm-hmm. So most of that top 10 are coming from higher population countries. So yeah, it does yeah. seem to be a little and bit. And that bottom, Ireland, big. Macedonia, Malta, Estonia, like, I mean, I Malta, mean Italy's geez. big, but I mean, no, ain't nobody watching Junior Eurovision in Italy. And their song was a flop. Yeah. Yeah. But. It was a good year, very well produced. It was a great year. I I really had I really had fun like through the whole process of like kind of getting invest like I was very invested in FIA actually. Yeah. Um 
So it was nice to kind of have that to also to kind of like, you know, get the gears moving, warming up. I think it worked out too for us as well. It gave us something to yeah. talk about for the podcast and build a bit of an audience. So, um, I, yeah, I think I'll look back on like the whole JESC for this year as being really good. Although it's funny because, okay, I have a Polish keyboard on my cell phone. Mm. And whenever I write JESC, it auto corrects to the S and the C having a dash on top of them, mm. which in Polish is yesz, which means to eat. Mm. So whenever I eat. try to write JESC, I'm actually writing to eat. And that they did. That they did. That that all of the kids did. They all ate that performance. They all ate. Left no crumbs. Left no crumbs. Um, and yeah, so that was our very long recap of yeah. Junior Revision. And I find it funny that before we hit record, you were saying we might we might not have that much to talk about. We might have to add some topics in here, girl. No, we might have to cut some topics out. We might have to cut <laughs> some topics crazy. out. I think I know which ones are going to hit the cutting room floor. And I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, oh, my God, I should be it's in bed right midnight, now. Girl. It's almost midnight, girl. It's almost But do you know what? Yet again, I'm sitting here almost at midnight finishing up an episode with you, wanting nothing in the world more than a fucking chicken nugget. But this I time, I have chicken nuggets in my freezer. So <gasps> I'm going to beat myself up some little chicken nuggets and dip them in some spicy mambo sauce and give myself indigestion and drink some root beer before I go to bed. So if you made it to the end of this episode, drop a chicken emoji <laughs> in the comments. Emoji. Well, you know, sometimes I feel like a chicken nugget, um, as Trisha Paytas once said when she was on meth. Um, so shout out to her. Um, and yeah, guys, don't forget to leave in the comments down below just all your thoughts about Junior Eurovision. Yeah. We want to hear it all, but especially who was your favorite, who were you rooting for, and what do you think of the results? And yeah, guys, my name is Maxi Rainbow. And I am Renata from the eSpot. And this has been the Joint Slate Podcast, and we will see you all next week. Goodbye. Bye.